It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quartz 96 FM. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The return boat boys claims nobody ever bought a pair of pillows and cycled home with them on the handlebars. We're going to come together. We want our voices heard. We want that station manned. There's only so many hits and kicks you can take when you're in business, whether you're a hairdresser or a restaurant. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P.J. Coogan. It was minus seven when I sat into my little car this morning at about ten to seven. Minus seven, minus six, that way. The towel worked. I put the towel across the window last evening and a grand clear windscreen. It was great. I highly recommend it. Just get a towel decent-sized towel, put it across your windscreen and let it there, and you'll have a clear screen in the morning. And then, how it happened, um, got a knock on the door yesterday afternoon from one of my neighbours, Peter, to say that there was a huge big bag, one of these mini-skips full of salt that the council had dropped in to the park, and they'd been organising a few of them in the parks around the place. Peter had been involved with getting it in there fair play to him and um, big bag of salt for the whole of us to take and use and put under the wheels of the car so that was nice to see um, so thank you for that 0818 96 96 96 the number the text to whatsapp 083 396 96 96 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie sometimes you see things coming Sometimes you get a kind of a smell of something. As in, look what's going to happen. This is coming now. And someone would ring you, okay? You get this business, you'll get a call. Maybe a week or two. Come here, say nothing, no, but don't say a word no, right? Don't say a word for a while. But this is going to happen. And invariably it does, right? Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. Parky Cueve to be renamed Super Value Park. Now, when I saw it coming up yesterday, and fair play to the examiner for breaking the story, <laughs> when I saw it coming up on the socials yesterday evening, I said, no, it, I looked at the date. I said, lads, it's not the 1st of April yet, because it looked like the kind of story that would be an absolute humdinger. 
for an April Fool's morning. But it's not. Findy Lynch, good morning, sir. Did I see it coming? No. And I personally think it's an absolute disgrace. Um, 1976, we changed over from the Gaelic rounds to Parky Cueve. Since 1976, you, we've had heroes. We've had the Thunder and Lightning final. We've had Shimsha Kushli. We've had Michael Jackson. And there was never, ever anybody complained about, you know, we're giving it over to concerts. We're giving it, and the GA was making money. Three, 300,000 for three years, 900,000, less than a million. It's not even going to put a dent in what the interest is and what the loan for Parky Cueve is. Now, I see Super Value has taken a, a, a fantastic sponsorship um, opportunity for them and you can't fault them in that. But listen, the last year we lost the great Teddy McCarthy. Why can't Super Value put up the sponsorship and we rename one of the stands the Teddy McCarthy stand and let Super Value put the money back into it where we can have coaching camps for the kids? We're losing people in the GA. We're losing bums on seats and we're losing people picking up hurleys and helmets to other sports. The last week, 10 days, we've got another stadium. The Musgrave Park has been renamed something, the Virgin Media Stadium or something. It's ridiculous in the sense that there's no need for it. Parky Cueve is always going to be the park, no matter how we ever put it up, whatever we call it, it's always going to be, we're going down the park for the match. Mm-hmm. Regardless of, I don't think you're ever going to hear anybody in Patrick Street saying, we're going to the Super Value Stadium. And the ironic part of it is, the biggest beneficiary of sponsorship in the last eight to ten years in GA has been the Limerick Hurling Squad. They haven't renamed the Gaelic rounds. Yet. Yet, I don't think it will happen because the pride is there. And I just think that we've lost a certain amount of pride in Parky Cueve if we're going to be calling it the Super Value stand, uh, Stadium. I don't knock Super Value for doing it. It's a fantastic opportunity for them. But I was I heard it last night and I was joking with a friend of mine on the radio this morning. Doesn't mean now that everything's going to get sponsored or, or Chill Insurance going to sponsor Hillbillies and we're going to, to Chills now for Chillbillies. Do you know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous in the sense that put the money in. Yes, they obviously need the money. Put the money in, but don't you don't have to name the stand. You don't have to name the, the stadium after it. As I said, we sponsor the Teddy McCarthy stand in Parky Cueve, sponsored by Super Value. There's enough space down there to put the advertising hoarding up so everybody will know who the main benefic- main main sponsors are. They print enough programmes. If people are still buying programmes, put their name to that. But renaming an iconic stadium, and it is an iconic stadium, and you know you've been going down there years. Yeah, I've yeah. been going down the years. And most of your listeners have been going down to Parky Cueve since they could walk. And there was a certain buzz about going down there. I think it takes the buzz out of going to Parky Cueve. We're really? going to Super Value Stadium. I do, yeah. I do, 100%. Well, you're going, you and I are going, going to disagree park. on this here now because I really couldn't care less. But the, the, And the reason is this. It's just a name. People will always call it... But it's not par- just a Hold name. Hold on, Finbar. People will always... Or fin, people will always call it the park anyway. They still yeah. call yeah. Parky Ring Flower Lodge. They will always call Musgrave Park Musgrave Park. The more that name is over the door. Now, it's not like we've gone and called it Tesco Park. This is a fine Cork company, internationally famous. Hundred percent. I am and not, as I problem? said, from the big. From, where's the problem? From the outset, it's just a name. From the outset, I can't knock Super Value for coming in and sponsoring because, let's face it, it does need sponsorship. I'm not never ever going to criticise anybody who's going to put money in at grassroots level. But if they come in, it's right. We're going to wipe the debt, and we're going to. I know is is hypothetical. Then call it, but. The, it's a drop in the ocean, PJ. Mm, I get that. But you're you're also ocean. a foot. You're also and a soccer and rugby fan. Do you have a problem with the Aviva Stadium? Yep. 
the Aviva Stadium. I do have a problem with the Aviva Stadium, but they never came up with it. They, they were waiting for names and names to have to have a name after it. And the Aviva Stadium, people got in and they they do put money back into grassroots as well. From grassroots are the likes of, the, the likes, I'm, I am not name dropping with this, but are the likes of Locker Rovers Junior B team going to get any benefit from this? Are the likes of Rap Peak and Underage teams going to get anything from this? No, yeah. they're not. Well, how do we know Whereas that? We Aviva haven't seen the details around, yet. Come on, 900,000? Tell me how they're going to break well, it down. Well, it's a 10-year deal, and there's other companies involved as well. Now, not on the naming rights, but there are other companies involved. Just Brilliant. So what you're saying is if, if Middle on, throw on. something in... And Boston yeah, Scientific sorry. are involved. Statcraft, who I don't know anything about, and PepsiCo. Now, they don't have naming rights, but they are part of this package for an initial three years and possibly to run up to 10 years. And again, it's just a name. But it's, again... Again, me and you will differ on that. It's just a name. It's not just a name. You, you're you a Nemo man all your life, yeah? Yeah. Do you still say, remember the old Nemo ground down the lane up there by by the, by Christ, the back of St. Finbar's Hospital? Yeah, I do. Do you call it Nemo or do you call it Trebeg, the new place? Do you know what I mean? It'll it's, always it's Nemo be Nemo. Rangers, just like it? this place will always there be the go. park. But that's actually not called Nemo. It's called Trebeg. I know, but it'll always be Nemo. And it's just a name. In the hearts and minds of the people who go, who go there, this won't matter at us. Okay, I agree with you on that in the sense, but it's a name that is prominent in in Hurling's GA sport concerts down the park. We're going down the park, we're going mm. down the park. It should always be the park and nobody should ever interfere with it being called Parky Cueve. It should never be called Super Value Park. And as I said, if they are... If, if well, hold on, when it was in, the Cork Athletic Grounds before that, if I remember correctly... It was but the athletic runs, and it went to Parky Cueve. But yeah, no one cared about that changed. renaming. But they did. But they care about yeah, this one. Eamon Coughlin, I'm going to name drop again. Eamon Coughlin didn't put money into the call it the athletic runs. That's what it was called because it was it was a multi-purpose stadium. Was, yeah. This stadium isn't being used to its full capacity because listen, PJ, you're in the game long enough. You're in the entertainment business long enough. We have a fantastic stadium down there. We have a fantastic facility outside of stadium. We have a fantastic facility. Are the lads in the GEA now going to turn around the hierarchy and turn around and say, right, we've got the city of Cork sponsoring our stadium because if you're naming out these companies, they're all part of the city of Cork. Now we're going to open it up to benefit the city of Cork. And in the long run, then we don't have to build a non-event centre. Yeah. Because we have an event centre. We have a ready-made event centre down in Parky Cueve. Perfect infrastructure. And that. it's getting better. We're I, my, I, I, now, better. Kevin O'Donovan, the current CEO, said... Now, bear in mind, there is a sold-out rugby game coming up on the 3rd of February between Munster and the Crusaders. Bruce Springsteen is coming in in April. And the CEO has said rugby and concerts will return as it seeks to fulfil a municipal agenda. Okay, but what's a municipal agenda? What's that broken Other down? Other than as? hurling Remember? and football, I would suspect. Okay, when we went back last year or two years ago, um, when Ed Shearing came to Cork, fantastic money spent for the city. Fantastic, fantastic money for, for everything. And the GEA diehards came out and we lost home advantage against Kerry in the Munster final. Now, we were probably never going to beat Kerry, but if there is planning and if there's an agenda, the agenda should be sat down with the, all the relevant bodies in the city. Say, right, mm. uh, July to August... We can host three weekends in a row of concerts, four weekends in a row of concerts. We can have a, a bank holiday weekend of concerts, i.e. electric picnic type event, well, like Shim Shikushli was. Yeah. That hasn't been done since the early 80s, and you know very well. Oh, that that was used brilliant. to be jammed to the I'd rafters down there. I'd love to see that there. back. I'd love to see that back. Fina, we I w- can't see, but the, 
I just wanted to take you in for. I, I thought I was going to be talking to Finbar McCarthy from the from the sports department. My apologies. That's that. my that's my mistake. But I'm glad to talk to you because you've started the ball rolling on what could be a very interesting debate. Finn, thank you. Finn, totally a no, mass, massive sports fan. Fan, totally opposed to the renaming of the stadium. Um, I, I, I I finally get hard to care. I have to say it's to me, and I change my mind on this. To me, it's just a name. Lord Mayor Kieran McCarthy, good morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. Yeah, Your thoughts, sir? Um, I'm, I'm disappointed, I suppose, with the name. I suppose, I, I suppose maybe I'm speaking with my historian hat on and my passionate Corkonian hat on. I mean, I think Parky Cueva is kind of synonymous with Cork. It's like, for me, it's like changing the name Shandon or uh, Daly's Bridge, Shaky Bridge or the Lee Fields to something else. Um, and I take the previous caller's point. I think people, people will probably still call it Parky Cueva, but... I don't know, I just think that place and memory and history heritage kind of matters in Cork. And there's a whole story, like the, the Padraig O'Keeve and why it, was, why it was named after him in the 1970s and yeah. everything. So, uh, yeah, and I... No, I mean, I'm, I'm calling for a rethink, but I mean, I do have to acknowledge like super value, like, are being really, 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 really great communities right across, not just Cork, but right across, the, across Ireland. It's a massive Cork company, company here. Yeah, and like, they've, they've sponsored a lot of tidy towns as well, projects over the years, and... Uh, yeah, like fair play to them for coming forward with uh, with, with the sum of money that they're actually proposing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, look for me. I, yeah, I, I I was disappointed when I when I when I, when I heard it. But am I going to roll out a, a tank and kind of go? Oh, you were, you you take back your money? No, but it's really really important that Parky we we make it work. The stadium works. And the debt is cleared because uh, it's for all of uh, for all of the citizens of the city. Um, and, as, and as the previous caller noted, like there's yeah, so many great concerts there as well that's been held and it's kind of getting going, like, very much getting going after COVID again now. So yeah, that, that's 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 have a concern. I I, I don't. Some, I, mean, I suppose because I'm so passionate about Cork history, I don't like things changing, but sometimes mm. things have to change as well. But, but but it will always, and you're from that neck of the woods anyway. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's your ward, as so to speak. It'll always be the park, just like Park Ring will always be, and I only had lunch with a good pal of mine Saturday, we were talking about, it'll always be Flower Lodge. Yeah, 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 there's always going to be names. I mean, the marina is always going to be the marina if you try to rename it. Um, as even recent years, has had, there's been a kind of attempt for rebranding Marina Park, but no one really calls it Marina Park. Like, actually, PJ, it'd be very interesting if you did a poll on your radio station to, to put it out there. We're, that's what we're, we're hoping to do. Yeah. We're hoping to get a good conversation started this morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking for, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the view here. Kieran, you, you know me well. If I get passionate yeah, about yeah. something, I get passionate about yeah, yeah. it. I really don't care. To me, it's just a name. It'll always be the park anyway. That's my view. I, I'd like to see if, 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 I'm, if I'm right or wrong there. But, but yeah. you, you're, you, you're, you're, are you upset about it? I mean, put on your Lord Mayor's hat rather than just your local historian's hat. Are you upset well, about it? I'm not, well, my Lord Mayor's hat is telling me like this. Is, I mean, look, the investment of over 900,000 euros by Super Value is, is incredible over a number of years. So, I mean, thank you very much to Super Value. Um, but there's just something that's just niggling at me from when Lord Mayor sat on, especially like, I suppose there's there's a massive enthusiasm and passion for history in the city by, by, by citizens. Um, and, I, and, then, no, and then, yes, some citizen, citizens will go to the end of the line and really fight for something, citizens, and other citizens won't. But I, I just think Park Equipe is just synonymous with Park. There's something about that, yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you very much, Lord Mayor, uh, Councillor Kieran McCarthy. On X. As Padraig O'Keeve's grandson, I'm just learning about this decision from the media. Nobody from the GAA reached out to me to tell me this was being discussed. I'm shocked and saddened that comes from Donal O'Keeve 
on X. Now that I do have a problem with. If you were going to rename it, then you should have reached out to the descendants of Padre Gorquive, who, by the way, was a Roscommon man, born in Roscommon, moved to Cork and went to school here, uh, educated by the Christian brothers, then went to London where he trained as a teacher, came back then and taught at Prez, joined the Irish Volunteers in 1916, gave up school teaching and became an officer with the Corp Brigade of the IRA. He was captured by the British and sentenced to 15 years penal servitude, but he was released in 1922. 1929, he resigned from his position where he was manager of a tobacco company and he was appointed as the new secretary of Cork GAA. He was, I feel like he was Frank Murphy's predecessor, Francis Rooney's predecessor. So that's the story of Podrick O'Keeve. And it was named after him in 1976. Before that, it had been the the athletic grounds, Cork Athletic Grounds. Mike, good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Convince me to care. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's very important that we keep and retain Porky Keeve as it is a tradition, our identity, culture, and history. It should be always be Porky Keeve. I mean, I have a lot of gripes with the G anyway, the whole way the whole association has been run in recent times, because this is all down from Dublin, uh, the hierarchy in Dublin. Like, we have a complete fast of uh, inter county championship at the moment, it's played over 11 weeks, I call it a blitz, it's a complete disaster. And uh, so the, the profile of the game has been lost massively. The platform is not there, which should traditionally be there. Uh, just the way the G has been run at the moment, now I'd have another problem with the use of hockey key for outside sports. I'm totally against that. Why? Because Why? you take Munster, they have a beautiful stadium up in, in Limerick, Tormund Park, I've been there, a beautiful stadium. That's where all Munster games should be played. The GA needs to look after its own territory. You see, that's old thinking, Mike. That's old no, it's thinking. Not. It's, no, no, it's not, PJ, with respect. As a, as a Corkman, I believe, Parky Creeve should be open to everything. Everything. No, I'm sorry. The GA is, is an amateur game. Uh, rugby no, it's not. Come on. Professional it's, game. it's an amateur game run by a highly professional organisation. Yeah, Let's players, be cured. The players are not being played. All the players are amateurs. They are not being paid. Yeah. So, I mean, they are going to straight away. The monster professional sport should not be brought into Parky Creeve in my world, in no way, ever. Uh, so I've well, that, you lost that one. Would you put concerts there? No, no problem with concerts. You're not competing for players in concerts. Concerts are fine. It's a great revenue. I think it's a fantastic thing that concerts are under. Sports, all the sports should so not Munster, be... So Munster and the Stormer, or the Crusaders rather, have sold it out on the 3rd of February. You shouldn't think that shouldn't happen? No. That should be played in Tormund Park. I mean, that is Munster's home ground anyway. It is. No, no problem with rugby. No problem with rugby whatsoever. Yeah, but... in its own territory. Absolutely. Yeah. You see, that's no, old thinking. That's old gag thinking. No, like. the GS tradition, the GS tradition. I'm a true Gale. I believe in what the GS stands okay, for. Okay, when the, the Liam Miller Memorial was played down there, had your problem with that? Well, that was that was a different scenario. It was a one-off. That was a one-off. It wasn't setting a precedent for the future or anything like that. It was a one-off. It was a different thing altogether. It was a charity event. You know, for a family you need to support. So, so you'd have a problem if, for example, Munster did really well in the Champions Cup or if they did really well in the URC again. They're defending champions in the URC. Supposing we managed to get a major URC game at the crucial... You know, you sell out Toman Park in a couple of hours for that. You would double the capacity moving it. You have a problem with moving matches in, like that into Parky Green. Uh, of course, because the GM must get their share out of it as well. And they so will. Where's the, the profits? Where's the profits out of it in for the Monster? And they the will get their share out. They don't get the stadium for free. Yeah, yeah I know. But look, the GA should look after its own territory, look after its own players. That's the way I look at it. Okay. That's, is it, that's a view. I'm, I'm, I'm 
even more disappointed to hear that that view is still out there. But there you go. Mike, thank you. 0818 96 96 96. The renaming, it has to be approved, by the way, tonight. goes before a meeting of the county board tonight uh, to be ratified. Um, That's a meeting, by the way, to which the media are not allowed anymore. That's another decision that's been that's been taken. Some of the commentary on social media about this rise was quite negative. Now, Stephen Gleeson, uh, commentator and author, you'd wonder where GA history and heritage is going when Parky Creeve, once the coolest and most Irish of Irish hurling fields, will become Super Value Park. As shopping as it should be. <laughs> Another sports writer, Adam Moynihan, said, I'm saddened that Parky Creeve becomes Super Value Park. Some things should remain sacred, the names of our most important stadiums, one of them. Uh, there'll be a few who don't mind, but a much higher percentage will be against it. What a joke. At least nobody will actually call it Super Value. This is the point I'm making. Nobody will call it Super Value Park. Like, nobody called Musgrave Park Irish Independent Park, and I can't see myself calling it Virgin Media Park either. I can't. Like, it'll always be Muzzer. And, okay, Viva Stadium has kind of bedded in now, but it'll always be Lansdowne Road to the diehards. And to diehard soccer supporters, Parky Ring will always be Flower Lounge. But what does sadden me, and I have to say this, coming at it from where I'm standing at this stage, you know, I couldn't care less. I remain to be convinced why I should care. But, 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 I am disappointed to see this Twix or tweet or post, whatever you're calling it today, from the grandson of Padrigo Cueve. Now, that's worrying. It says, nobody from the GAA reached out to tell me this was being discussed. I'm in shock and I'm saddened from Donald O'Queeve. I'd love to get him on the show and get his feelings because regardless how I feel about the branding of, of it as Super Value Park, regardless how I feel or don't feel, the fact that they didn't contact or don't seem to have contacted the, 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 the descendants of Padraig O'Queeve that's disappointing. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. So back to Thomas Gould, I think. In a sec. The two grand minute. Listen to play at seven forty and eight forty every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer ten questions in sixty seconds to claim two thousand euros. Two thousand euros. The Two Grand Minute. With Cork Dental Care, you'll be all smiles when you see their treatments with Invisalign at corkdentalcare.ie. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Good morning. On Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. I'd be interested in knowing as well how Arsenal fans who are also GAA fans, for they do exist, Arsenal fans would go to a hurling match on a Sunday, having watched Arsenal at the Emirates on a Saturday. Like, renaming stadiums is not a new thing. Uh, Deputy Thomas Gould, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I'm wondering why people are losing their shorts over this, though. Yeah, you see, PJ... I know when you look at all the issues in the world and in the country at the moment, this might seem the biggest issue. But for a person like me who's been involved in the association all my life and my family, um, 
like to rename something that's iconic as Parsi Cleave, I think is wrong. I think it goes against the ethos of the association and what we're based on about clubs and community and volunteerism. Like what we're seeing in the, in the GA at the moment with the renaming of Parsi Cleave, you have the GRTA and the GA Go. It seems to be all about money. And I think we're going the wrong direction as an But isn't sponsorship key to sports success? Without sponsorship, you have nothing. No, you see, PJ, we are different to other courts. The G is about volunteers. All players don't get paid. The vast majority of our administrators or coaches or mentors... I get it. Um, that we are different. But and the G is a massive commercial organisation, Thomas, let's face it. Well, PJ, for the likes of Croke Park and when you're up there... But I'm talking to the ordinary people on the ground in Cox Day. The people know. I was up in Vincent's Field last night, and it was the same in Percy de Glen and right all over the county. Clubs are getting ready for the season ahead. They're organising training and the gear and yeah. hurries and yeah. all that. None of that you will change. None of that's going to change. But, PJ, we're losing our tradition, our heritage. It's all, it seems to be now all about okay. money. Answer me this question, Thomas. Is. The young young fellas and young girls preparing for the season now in clubs all over the country. I was only talking to Robbie Dwyer, the new Gaffer at Nemo. I know him very well. I was talking to him about getting ready for the season at, at the weekend. And there's kids out with hurlies and footballs and boots and new boots. And all. What of that will change because of this? Well, I tell you this, PJ, this... Three of the four cocks in the horror matches this year are going on RTGA Go, mm-hmm. and young people won't be able to see them. I agree it's with you there. Long, I totally agree with you there. With the GA to get back to our roots, to back to promoting hurling and football. Like, PJ, and listen, I think soccer is brilliant, and rugby and all the other sports, right? Mm, would you but have them played in, in Parky Creeve? Oh, yes. Listen, I think. I think it's really important to show. Like, I have no problem with the rugby or the soccer or any sport. Or Good man. I'm glad at that. Right? Because I think we need to be inclusive. But we also need to respect that the GE is different. We're not about money. We're not about profit. We're about our heritage. See, that heritage. doesn't ring true to me, Tom. That doesn't ring true to me. The GAA is a very, very wealthy organization. And you can't say it's not about money. PJ, I sat at my kitchen table last Saturday and I rang every coach in the club to organise training times for everyone to make sure that there's no arguments and everyone gets a training time, right? No, there's volunteers like that right across the country. Brilliant. Yeah. We, we believe in the core values of the GA and I know now you're talking about the... But I'm asking the question again, what will this change? It makes a difference to the normal grassroots person who feels that we're selling our soul for money and for profit when we should be getting back to grassroots <laughs> and promoting. Like, PJ, do you remember when you couldn't walk down the streets and talk where you wouldn't see a boy or a girl? That's true. That's true. Right? That's true. And that's gone. And what are we doing? And PJ, like, there's a bigger issue here. There are huge problems in Cork at the moment, especially around hurling, right? But also with football. That's where our focus should be on promoting getting more boys and girls to play our national games, mm-hmm. not worrying about doing big contracts with big promotions and renaming. We need to go back to our heritage, the culture, the language. The G is different. 
But what's happening now, because of society, the G has been dragged into the, the professionalism. Okay. And we have to say no. Okay. We have no... We don't disrespect other courts. That's there. Would you not, would you not contend, though, Tom? And, and you'd, you would know more about it than I. But would come to the, the inter-county level. Would you not accept that those guys and girls at the senior inter-county level, they're as close to pro as it gets without being paid? But PJ, they don't get paid. Like, I know they don't. Yeah, I know they don't. Yeah, I've long believed that they I, should, by the way. But anyway, that's just me. I was at the Cockamogie night with my wife last week and looked at all the all-hours at Cockamogie won last year. Every one, every one of them a volunteer. Every one of them an amateur and proud to be amateurs. You know, and like... like PJ, None of that would change, talk, though, Tom. None of that yeah, would change. PJ, we're going down the wrong road. Okay. We need to right. get through. We are... Okay, all right, leave it there. Thank you, Thomas Gould. Sinn Féin TD for Cork. North Central. And look, 99% of the comments around social media is from people who are upset or annoyed about it. Social was in uproar last night. Am I reading the room wrong? I don't know whether I'm reading the room wrong or not. I'm just wondering what any of this is going to change in terms of the... And look, I wouldn't know which end of a hurley to hold, but I know it's the most beautiful game on the planet. That's not going to change. My, my family, my brother's family in particular, steeped in the GAA. I don't think what any of that's going to change. My dad, God rest him, was a damn fine hurler with Sarasfields in his time. I, I don't know what any of, I don't know what this is going to change from people who are dedicated to their sports and dedicated to their organization. Tim, good morning. Good morning, um, PJ. Just, uh, I think it's very disrespectful to change the name. Like, Padre O'Keefe was a stalwart of the GA. He was um, from 1929 to 1964. He was a secretary. One of all on down here, as we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the point in naming it after him, then, if we're going to change it for money? I understand that. I do understand that, by the well, way. I think it's totally disrespectful. And I also and understand, is, according to his, according to his uh, grandson, he wasn't consulted. Yeah. And I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that. Oh, that's just that was totally disrespectful article. That I have a I problem mean, with, yeah. Yeah, because you, those people gave their lives to the GA and got no reward and got no stadiums named after them. But at least when they did it, they should have left it alone. Like, they going how long before they get money for and can't change parking rink to something else? Yeah, yeah. Well, there are those. There are those who will always call that flower lodge. Like, there are times when you say enough is enough, and. Yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm sure the GA are taking gate money there. They're getting money all over uh, all over the county from mm-hmm. from April on. Mm-hmm. They'll be getting money in the door. Mm-hmm. And surely there's enough between Parky Keeve and they're collecting enough money to pay for the park without having to sell out and change the name and be disrespectful oh, to a man. Does it mean, Anthony, to you, Tim, that Super Value is a brand run by a hugely successful, entirely Cork company? That, that, that's not the point at all. To, 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 no, this is like for super value. It's the point of changing okay. for money. For money, it could, be, it could be anybody else. It could be any other company. It's not the point. It's the point that they're changing Parky okay. Keeve to super value. It could be anyone else. Well, maybe it'll be super value Parky Keeve because up the country, don't you have Kingspan Breffney Park? If I remember correctly, you do indeed. It could be super do, value yeah, Parky Keeve. Yeah. You know, you have Kingspan Breffney Park. 
No, I think the, no, I think it should be just perky to even lift there. Okay, thank you, Tim. Cheers. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I know people feel passionately about this, and I respect that. Noel's in Castle Magnor. Hi, Noel. Hello, uh, PJ. Morning. How would you like to say, sir? Um, I'm very disappointed with the uh, with the way the Swahili are behaving, because if they had any gumption at all, no. What they could have done to real to make real money is they could have gone to all the other supermarkets and have a haggling auction, give the give the cover stand maybe to one supermarket and they pay so much, give the um, uncover stand to another supermarket and give the black rock end to another supermarket and the city end like and they then made millions out of it. Like, I, but so as long as they don't mean, rename the stadium, is what you're saying. Oh, yes, it's a long day on. I won't say leave Perky Cave, Perky Cave. But, like, they have stepped up very bad there, like, you know. I, I don't know who's running the so-called GA, like. Now, mm. another thing, PJ, is when the, this thing about the delegates being asked to vote in favour of all this. They have to vote for tonight, asked, yeah. yeah. They're, they're not being asked. They're being told to pass the motion. They might and, not. They might not, too. So, how many delegates will have the Leroy to stand up and object profusely against the changing of the name of Perky Cave to Supervalue? Because anybody that will do that against the running of the so-called GA, the little black book will come out and they will be noted. Because there is the mortal sin within the so-called GAA, thou shall not criticize the so-called GAA. And I believe, I got a text this morning, PJ, rumour is that there could be a drive-thru of McDonald's around Perky Heave. <laughs> I so know. I, 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 you're, you're come, here, I, you're, yeah. come here, PJ, and another thing, like, is integrate now, like, and maybe the women might give out to me about saying this now, like. Careful so now, because it's to me they'll give out, not you. Oh, sure, I know that, but like, that's why I passed the man to you. That, that when the man will be going to the match you now in Perky Heave or Super Value, what they call it, can't a woman go shopping now? Because I don't, I'd say there'll be a shop within Perky Heave, oh. and, and, and the woman can go do the shopping at the same time. <laughs> huh? Oh, no, I don't know whether you're winding me up or not, but thank you very much. 0818969696, that's Noel in Castle Magna. Let this roll for a while if you want to, because the idea is, and tonight the delegates have to pass it, they have to vote uh, in favour or against this naming rights deal for Parky Cueve. It'll be put before county board delegates on Tuesday evening for to rebrand it as Super Value Park. P-A-I-R-C. Not Super Value Park, P-A-R-K. Super Value P-A-I-R-C Park. Which I assume will be Super Value Parky Cueve. A bit like there is Breffney, a Kingspan Breffney Park up the country. Now the thing that's bothering me, I have to say, bothering me rather a lot, is that as we heard and we've We've sent him a message to see will he speak with us. Donal O'Queeve, grandson of Podrick O'Queeve, has gone on social media to say that his family were not consulted about this and he's very hurt about that. And I'm totally with him on that front. Would they rename Croke Park in Dublin as Aldi Park, says Podge? Maybe they would. They renamed Lansdowne Road as the Aviva Stadium and people lost their shirts over that too. And sure now... Tis a thing. PJ, it'll always be known as the park. 
Musgrave Park will always be Musgrave Park. But this will only be for a few years. I'm from a GAA family, been going to matches for years. I grew up across from Parky Ring. I haven't heard anyone call it Flower Lodge in years. And that includes old and young, says Yvonne. It's true, Yvonne. It's true. It's really the soccer hardliners would still call it Flower Lodge. A disgrace changing the name of the stadium. They might as well change the name of Cork City to Centre City. They wouldn't do it in Dublin. Well, you see, they did it already with the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Joe says up in Thurless, Semple Stadium is now called FBD Semple Stadium. So it'll be possibly Super Value Parquet Cueve. I still don't think it's right, though. It's a corporate money racket. The park is part of our Cork identity. It's not anything against Super Value or even a foreign company if it was one. Uh, it's a part of what we've become as a corporate signboard. It's the most ridiculous name. They shouldn't change it at all unless they had a really good one. But they haven't. Sure, I don't see what the problem is renaming the park. Jesus, Tipperary and Ed Sheeran have played there more than Cork. <laughs> this is Paul. Parky Creeps what I'll always call it. I'll never call it anything else. If anyone starts calling it super value, it's just a sheep. Bah, bah. It's maddening. No consultation with the people. John says the GA don't care about the fans. They only care about money. They're not called the grab-all association for nothing. Young people will call Super Value Park, just like they call the old ends down road, the Aviva. Croke Park should be renamed Paisley Adams Park. Go on with that. The Pierce Grounds are officially named Liam Connery Park, but no one calls it that. PJ, I agree with you 100%. Why not call it Super Value Park, Equive? Sponsorship is vital, says Richie. This isn't renaming. Renaming is a different thing. The name will remain the same to the people. Anybody call Camp New the Spotify stadium? Yes, the new camp, Spotify. Or, yes, the or Wrexham. Yes, it's completely irrelevant, says Gonzalo. Hi, PJ. I'm a Cork GAA fan. I have no problem with the renaming of the park. It'll always be the park. The goalposts won't be moving. And the objective is for Cork sides to win. Renaming is moving with the times and had to be done to clear some debt. I hate rugby, but I understand why the silly game is played at the park because their own silly organisation hasn't a proper ground. Ah, well, they have now. They've Tolman Park, to be fair. The park is a world-class facility and any gig or sports coach should be welcome once they pay their way. Views of non-Cork... Oh, views of non-Cork people don't matter. Kind regards, Pat. Corkig Abu. Thinbar says people are upset because Supervalue is a stupid name. Okay. J.P. McManus paid the GA $32 million last year. Why don't the GA rename Croke Park to McManus Park, says Paul. Call it Stupid Value Park, says Total. Can we agree on Super Park Equive, says the Cork Koipu. I think it will be called, at the end of the day, this is just my instinct, I think they'll call it Super Value Park Equive. A bit like, is it FBD, Semple Stadium, Kingspan, Breffney Park? And I'd be okay with Sue. Okay, Let's let, having listened to people for the last forty-five minutes, and I've no doubt we listened to Sabor. I don't have a problem with the commercial tie-in. To be honest with you, I'll never have a problem with that. It's not going to change anything for young fellas going out playing football and hurling on a Saturday morning. It's not. But I would have a problem, or two problems this morning. One, they didn't. They don't seem to have contacted the descendants of Padre Gucuive. That that's a problem for me. That's a big problem for me. And also, what's a problem? I would like to think it becomes Super Value Park Equive, not just Super Value Park or Super Value Park. I would like to see it become Super Value Park Equive. And I think if there's any delegates listening to the county board who are listening to this discussion this morning, I'm sure there are, 
you're going along tonight, you're being asked to vote on something very important, that there are passionate feelings out there. It might be a small thing in the scheme of the world, but there's passionate feelings out there. So can we do two things? If any delegate to the county board listening tonight, because as you know, the media aren't allowed in. Can we make sure it becomes Super Value Parky Cueve and not just Super Value Park? And also, could we make sure that the O'Queeve family are happy with it? Because that's my big problem. Listen to Cork's 96 FM while you work. While you work. Listen live at 96fm.ie. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. We keep a close eye on that delegate meeting tonight and see what comes out of it and happily come back to this story tomorrow or if there's anything else breaks during the morning and particularly if we can contact and speak with Donal O'Queeve then we'd certainly love to do that. The grandson of the late uh, Podigo Cueve, after whom the stadium is named, has said that the family were not consulted. I have a problem with that. And also, if there's any, and I think a lot of listeners have too, and if there's any delegates listening, they're going to tonight's meeting, can we make sure that if you're going to brand it Super Value, that's fine by me, not fine by others, but fine by me. Can we please make sure it becomes Super Value Parky Cueve? Keep the Keep the full name. Just tack on super value to it. I think that might be a compromise, having listened to my listeners this morning. Something we'll come back to. 0818 96 96 96. Now we've had White Rabbit, Tong Singh, Pigal, Nash 19. There's another one in, in Butterfant, a uh, lovely place called the Wild Time Restaurant, all closing down over the last few days. And every day now comes with the worry, the question, what will be next? What Cork business will pull up the drawbridge next and say, I can no longer cope with the cost of doing business in 2024? Karen Underwood took to uh, Facebook the other night and said, this is getting ridiculous. White Rabbit, Nash 19, Tung Singh and Pigal. Well, Says you, Karen Feck, Nando's, Weatherspoons, McDonald's, and KFCs. I'm only booking local. Morning, Karen. Good morning. Now, PJ, I'm on my soapbox this morning and I am mad as H E two double hockey sticks. Go I for mean, it, girl. Go we, for it. I won't. I won't use bad language. I'm biting my tongue. Somewhere along the line, though, PJ, we're going to have to start taking personal responsibility. Yes. The rates have gone up in terms of that. Yes, there were there's money given out during COVID that now has to be somehow put back into the economy. Yes, there is very little parking in Cork City. If you want to go out for a night, I live in Black Rock now. If I want to go out for a night, I'm 30 quid down just to get there and back. Yeah. So that's the start. Before I even buy a drink, a bit of food or anything, I'm 30 quid down before I even get in. Um, there is the issue of rising utility costs. Some say report 80% more than they were in the past. And now, you know, we have restaurant after restaurant after restaurant closing, right? But if you drive through Douglas Village, what do you see? I see a queue all the way wrapped around McDonald's. That's not a court business, really. 
It is owned by a court person, but that's another multinational. Yeah. You see Witherspoon. But it's employing court you know? people, Karen, and it's like you said, employing it's employing court it's, people. Yeah. Employing court people. However, I'd rather spend my money at Supermax than McDonald's. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd rather spend my money locally in the White Rabbit. I'll have memories of that place. In particular, I have memories of my brothers and my sister coming home, all of us together for the very first time. And I brought them to a barbecue joint. Yeah, it's a great Cork spot. is going to soon become Cork City of No Soul. Yeah. If we're not mighty careful. Yeah. You mentioned I mean, Douglas. I mean, if you look at Douglas, the biggest business, the most successful business in Douglas, as far as I'm concerned, is KC's. I queued outside it in the cold the other night for... Wouldn't we just? Yeah. Wouldn't we just? I still go for a bit of KC's. But even there, there's a, a wine restaurant, a uh, wine bar restaurant. I wish I could think of the name of it. Closed. Closed its doors. Last, uh, last Elvino. And Elvino and yeah. Rodale Drive Douglas. Yeah. You know, I call it Rodale Drive Douglas, you know. I know but, you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm around nearly 27 years now, going on to 27 years. I have seen Rochester stores gone. I have seen crafts of Ireland gone. I've seen parts of the pulse of this city being just pressed on and slowed down. We better be careful. Yeah. And we have to take some responsibility for that. And that means, you know, I'm sorry, you know, choose a restaurant like White Rabbit over Nando's. Why not? They have better. They had better barbecue chicken. Okay, maybe that's water um, under the bridge now. Maybe something else will come out of this. But I'm just, I'm just saying we have. We talk about supporting our own people, marching. We we'll support their own, and they're going into Witherspoons. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on. See, you're talking I'm about pick a local business. If you're going to have to buy to eat, pick a local business. Pick a local business. Exactly. You know, I was out the other night, Friday night. I was in, um, uh, where was I? I was in Gallagher's. Had a beautiful meal. A lovely glass of wine, lovely time with my friends. And I knew I was supporting a part of Cork, a part of the the city of Cork. You know, a family-owned, Cork-owned business. We got to get back to this, lads. You know? Yeah. You know, we can't stay in our in our houses forever, hiding from COVID. I mean, it's time to get out and live a bit and, and keep a part of the driving force of the city alive. Otherwise, what are the tourists coming to? They may as well go to the UK. Fair point. Fair Pretty point, similar. Karen. I'd love to think about it and what you say. You've got a gig coming up yourself from Christiana, Sea Church. Yeah, baby, I do. When I is do, that? I'm so looking forward to it. You know, Sea Church is a beautiful, little, intimate venue. Local business. Party. A local business and and uh, local musicians. <laughs> born, born, I was born in Cork. My musical life was born in Cork. So please come on, support local business. My daughter studied in in uh, MTU, and it's a it's a very important thing too to support local pub, pubs, local bars. You know, um, local musicians. We I've seen them leave the pub trade because it's just too expensive to run. Yeah. You know, it's so expensive for the publicans and for the restaurant owners to run. And we can't just keep blaming city council. We have to sometimes take personal responsibility. Well, that's you an know, interesting was, point was, that you make. It was you that decided to go yeah. to Burger King. It was you that decided to go to KFC. That's, you know? a, that's a fair point. I, that's I, a fair I'm point. Choosing different. That's a fair point. Karen, thank you. And Karen and Christiana will be at Seat Church on the 23rd of February. But there's a point she's making. How much of this is personal responsibility? How much of this is down to our choices? 
of where we went to eat. How much of it is down to that? Probably not all of it, but how much of it? Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call 96 FM. One of the things about a good conversation is you start out with one particular point of view or set of points of view. And by the time the conversation has progressed you're open to other thoughts. That's good conversation. I started out here at nine o'clock this morning not giving a tuppenny curse about the renaming of Parky Cueve as a super, a with super value or by super value. By the end of the hour, and we will come back to this, I have a major problem with the idea that the O'Cueve family, the descendants of Podrick O'Cueve, would not have been consulted about this. And I, I feel strongly that if they don't give it their blessing that it shouldn't go ahead that's just me the other one is if it does go ahead it needs to be super value parquet cueve no less that full phrase super value parquet cueve and no less than that Um, there's a lot of other stuff came up about heritage and history and I respect all that I respect all that but it won't be any the less for the renaming but there's my T's and C's get the okay of the descendants of Padraig O'Keeve and do not go ahead without it and make sure that the name if it does go ahead is Super Value Park O'Keeve and no less it would be lovely if some brave delegate stood up tonight at the county board and said come here I was listening to the radio and here's what they said I wonder will it happen we will come back to it a few more of your comments on us a little bit later on but first I am one of these people who's on a waiting list to be seen by a specialist. No, it's nothing you need to worry about. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Thank you very much. But I am on a waiting list to be seen by a specialist for a little niggling problem that I have and maybe to plan where we might go forward over a period of years. And I've been waiting for that appointment now for the bones of, I'd say, nearly 12 months. It would be nearly 12 months. Um... And twice in that 12 months, I've had letters asking me if I still want to keep the appointment. <laughs> and I opened the first one and I said, well, of course I do. The damn thing is still there. You know, no one's visited me during the night. The tooth fairy hasn't visited me during the night and magicked everything out of the way. So I need the appointment. And then I got a second letter. and I. But lots of people have been dumped off appointment lists taken off waiting lists and according to new figures nearly 11,000 people were taken off outpatient waiting lists in Cork last year there were 74,000 waiting on an appointment at hospitals outpatient appointment hospitals across the city and county and nearly 11,000 were taken off those lists last year. Councillor Dr. John Sheehan. John, the system, why am I getting those letters? My problem is not going away in the first place. Good morning. 
Morning, PJ. No, and, and you're absolutely right. And for the vast majority of patients, the problem isn't going to go away. But I suppose, to be fair to the hospitals, they have to have a look and see, you know, have things changed. Because for, for a number of people, they may have been treated elsewhere. The condition may have resolved, which sometimes happens particularly with things like dermatology. Some, some of the rashes are gone by the time the patients are seen. Um, or things may have moved on. So they do have to sort of, I suppose, have a look and make sure that, you know, things are still active. But the difficulty, PJ, is a lot of us are in the same house and have the same address and aren't moving anywhere. But increasingly, there's a there's a significant, particularly younger people that are moving around and, that, you know, they may be at a new address. So they may not get this letter and then they're off the list. Mm-hmm. Are people, you know, older people, people with literacy problems, people with mental health issues, and increasingly people who who grasp of English may not be, you know, may, may not be the, the, the best. Um, and that, that means then, of course, that they're off the list. Then they come down to, uh, say, their, their GP. They find that there's something that they've been waiting with for the last year. Suddenly they're not on the list anymore. And then they have to start, restart the whole referral process again. So, you know, particularly for vulnerable groups, older people, people with literacy problems, people who are marginalized, you know, who may not be familiar with the Irish system, you know, this system isn't really designed for them. So I think we need to have a look at how can we better do it um, and, 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 you know, speak up for people who may, who may not be able to speak up for themselves. How might we do it? As I said, the letter arrives, I do what it requires and my appointment is still alive in the system. For someone who isn't able to do that, how would we make it better? Well, there's, there's probably a couple of things that we could do, um, as well as a letter, maybe a text, because um, people may move around, but very often they may have, have the same mobile phone. So there may be a system to let them know that this is happening so then that they can access, you know, either contact the hospital and say they want to be on the list. Um, the other thing that, you know, and our IT systems in hospitals need to be an awful lot better. But perhaps it, it may be that there's a portal that you could access and see if someone's still on the list. So when patients come down to me and they say they've been um, taken off the list and this, but they still want to remain on it. I have to write to the, to the hospital and say the person wants to be on the list. And I hope that they do stay on the list, but I have no way of knowing that. When if there was a portal that you could access, as you can do with other things, you could say, yeah, no, you're still on the list. Uh, everything is OK. You know, don't worry, uh, etc. So so there are things that can be done to make the system more efficient because, you know, the this system is designed for a time where people didn't move around. They were in one house. They didn't move and they had the same address for years. That isn't the case for, for so many people now. And we need to look at how we're going to respond to those changes because, you know, we have patients who come in, they think they're on the list and then they've moved. They never got the letter or writing to them again. It takes up a lot of time, takes up a lot of the hospital time, the practice time. The patient is worried because they feel they're going to be at the back of the queue again. So we need a better system than that. Mm. Well, would, would a system be for example, to contact the referring GP and say, do you think this person still needs their place on the list? I mean, someone that you would refer forward to a specialist, you would know whether that person still needed their place, wouldn't you? Generally, we would, but but I, I think we probably need a bit better than that, you know. So, I mean, you know, we generally don't refer people lightly and people don't want to be going to the hospital, you know, um, unless they have to. So for the vast majority of people, they want to stay on the list. So I think we need to look at the reasons why, for instance, the hospitals are doing this. I know they have to update their lists, but is there a particular reason? Are there some specialties, for instance, like if someone has a cataract, PJ, they're going to have that cataract. That cataract, as you said, isn't going to disappear yeah. into the air. Yeah. 
um, you know, there's a few people who, who will be treated elsewhere, and that's absolutely fine. But, you know, for the vast majority of patients, they're going to want to stay on the list. So I think we need to not have this one-size-fits-all approach um, and, and, and do that. I think we need to look at particular specialties. Is there a higher sort of uh, default rate in terms of attendance in different specialties? Say with dermatology, if you're waiting for a year and your rash is resolved, you know, is there, you know, is there a, a lower, you know, attendance rate at those sort of clinics? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they need to look and dive deep, a bit deeper as to why people aren't attending. We're at a point as well too, John, aren't we, where, the, you know, there's almost a waiting list for the waiting list. We had a call here this morning. Two and a half years ago, I was told I'd be notified when I would be put on a waiting list. So there's a waiting list for the waiting list. And that means the figures aren't accurate at all. They only show so many people on the list or they only book the appointments so many years out. You have people actually waiting to get on the list as well. You sometimes do, yeah. I mean, the, and, and it's really frustrating for, for, for patients. And, you know, people are very resilient, PJ, as you know. And if you said, I'm going to be waiting a year and then I'm going to be treated, I think, you know, a lot of people can manage with that. It's the uncertainty of not knowing is really, really hard for people, you know, that it's this open-ended period. And, and, and I know why that is. But if you had certainty, you're going to be waiting six months, four months, three months, a year, then at least you'd know. And I, I think that would make a big difference in terms of bringing clarity to, to, to things. And then also, if after the six months and I haven't heard anything, there should be some mechanism as to see, well, what's what's going to happen rather than this sort of um, you're stuck in limbo and you're not sure, you're not sure you sit on the waiting list and then you're trying to check and you're going back and forth and all, all of this. And it causes huge sort of anxiety, but also causes an awful lot of waste of time and, uh, and effort for people. The hospitals are a mess, though, John, aren't they, at the moment? I mean, yesterday between CUH and the Mercy, according to Trolley Watch, there was 102 people on trolleys waiting for, uh, for admission. The place is a mess. Well, it's very challenged. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. There's, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. Um, they were really nervous that this year we would get a huge uh, peak like we did last year. It isn't as bad uh, as last year. That's no consolation to anyone on a trolley. And they should, you know, there shouldn't be one person on a trolley. Um, but it looks like this year what's going to happen, PJ, is instead of this big, massive sort of wave that happened last year in the second week of January, that it's going to be sort of a plateau and we're just going to find numbers for a few weeks rather than one massive, um, mm. massive peak. Um, but it is, it is... Like someone who was in the Mercy recently contacted us to tell us that they're actually putting now makeshift beds in the aisles of the wards like that's that's third world stuff john yeah no it's not it, it, it certainly isn't acceptable and we we have to start planning you know i know they are planning but we need to start looking at more because you know our population has gone up 40 percent since my own children were born pj um so that's a huge change and we need to start you know our hospital systems haven't increased by 40 percent capacity mm. in the last 20 years and, and do they sit the likes of you down John, as a, as a GP who also happens to be a, a, a public representative, do, do they ever come to the likes of you and say, John, what do you think would make it better? Oh, they do, to be fair. And I, I, I've, you know, I've been, you know, at a, a lot of the looking at a lot of the planning um, um, of this. 
And there are a number of successes in terms of like what is out there in terms of healthcare at, at, at the moment, in terms of, you know, the elderly, the high, you know, the, the, the highest population um, in, in Europe with the highest life expectancy in Europe. So we are doing some things well. And the level of care that people get once they get in the hospital, that's very, very Impeccable. high. The problem is the access point and how to get in and the trolley issue and, uh, and things like that. And it's capacity. Capacity is a, is a huge issue. But there are a lot, number of very positives. I, I'm qualified since 1991, PJ. When I, was, when I qualified as an intern in Cork, there was no oncologist in Cork. There was no oncology or whatsoever. Now it's a whole sea change. You know, there was two geriatricians. Now there's a... I'd say at least a dozen, you know. So there's loads of very good improvements. Oh yeah, look what what what, what we do. We we all what we do well. We're brilliant at. The problem is getting at it. It is, yeah. The problem is access and and and, and the pathways to access that you know people end up going to A and E and the lengths you have to go, PJ, to try to persuade someone to go to A and E, particularly if they're older, is um, is a huge challenge, you know. So we you know, having alternative pathways. Is, is going to be the key long term so that people don't all end up waiting in A&E on trolleys and other mechanisms of doing things. How did you feel about the Aphidea clinic coming on stream for January? I, Chris Luke was on with me about this last week. How did you feel about that happening? I, I, I think any solution that will take pressure off A&E is to be welcome. So if you look at the figures, you know, some, a lot of GPs are doing extra extra clinics or late hours, and the Aphidea, the Mercy Urgent Care Centre. If you look at all of those measures, nationally, they tend to bring down the rate of attendance to A&E for a few weeks. And sometimes that takes pressure off. I know if someone breaks their hip, they're going to be in CUH. But if someone needs suturing, if someone needs something else... Instead of them waiting 10 hours in, in, in A&E and CUH, if they can get sorted uh, quickly, you know, that, that's, that's fine. At the end of the day, patients just want to be treated. They're not as bothered about where, as long as they get a good service, about where, where they go, you know. That's not the solution to everything. But if it helps for a few weeks, I think that's fine. All right. Can I throw something at you that's totally non-medical, but as a public representative and as a member of our city council, your thoughts, if you had a chance to catch up with the... Super value Parky Cueve story as a former Lord Mayor as well. I, I, I think your suggestion, Super Value Parky Cueve, I think that's that. I think that would sit well with a lot of people because I think it would recognise the history of Parky Cueve and then also, you know, Super Value's contribution. So I actually think that suggestion, I think, is a very good idea to go because I think it just, um, I think, t- it takes a lot of boxes for a lot of people. All right. John, thank you. I just want to throw that one in at the end. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Dr. John Sheehan, did you ever get one of these letters? I got two of them. I, I look, I, as you know, I've told you over the years, I have this thing in my neck. It's arthritic as be damned. And I went for an MRI last year uh, and my doctor told me, well, if that was a hip, I'd be sending it for a replacement. Um, we can't do those kind of things. So I'm going to be seen by somebody uh, to take a, a further look at where we might go with this thing. And I've had two letters in between. Do you still want the appointment? Do you still want the appointment? Of course I do. Of course I do. Of course I do. So if you get a letter, do you still want the appointment? Just fill in that you do and send it back. But the point John is making is, if you moved house or if your leave English wouldn't be your first language and you wouldn't know that this is going to happen... You might ignore the letter or put the letter behind the breadboard and the bread bin and you'll find, oh God, it's too late now to send it back. So if you get a letter asking you about your place on the waiting list, do you want it? 
Well, yeah, you, you actually do. Uh, 0818 96 96 96. Back to, just briefly back to the park. If they call it Super Value Park, would we be able to use our Super Value Club card when getting tickets? Do you know what? I think that's a humdinger of an idea. Morning, PJ. I'd love to be a fly in the wall at that county board meeting tonight. Oh, wouldn't we all? Doesn't Super Value already have a sponsorship deal with the GAA, says Darren? Something to do with tickets, yeah. Uh, Central Park, says Mary. Uh, please highlight the absolute zero mentioning of the whole renaming of Park Equive in any of the Cork GAA Twitter or Facebook pages. Not a notion. Heads in the sand, as usual. Avoiding the elephant in the county, says Donald. So there you go. It's The meeting is tonight. We will certainly follow up it. Follow it up. In the morning, 0818 96 96 96. There were far bigger stories in our city and county, my friends. We'll return to one of them next. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Cook. 96 FM. Now, there's a lot going around on social media at the moment. I need to be extremely careful how we approach this because we don't want to and we won't identify or even suggest identifying anybody. But there's a lot going around on social media about one or other so-called notorious spikers, drink spikers, operating around the city and county. If you look for it, you'll find it. I'm not going to mention where it is, but it's out there. And, Georgina, it, it reminded you, I think, of of something that actually happened to you or that you experienced. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, I, I suppose. Look, um, it was before COVID, but um, I was out one night with um, a couple of friends that I worked with. We were at an engagement party, um, and you know there was a good mix of us there, or whatever. And um, we were in one of the bars there in town, and um, we were all, you know, it was early enough. You know, an engagement party starts at seven or eight or whatever. Like it wasn't like it was eleven or twelve at night or whatever. And I was actually going to another party after that party so I made sure I was there early so anyway I was there with a few friends and one of my friends was actually dating someone who would be kind of you know out and about a lot in Cork would be kind of involved in the music kind of industry a little bit or whatever and um would know the lie of the I'm land up, yeah yeah exactly and um we were up at the bar and um he it was funny because I kind of took notice of this man that was sitting next to me but he was very kind of, hello, and he, you know, he passed a comment about my shoes, and I, I remember at the time I had, like, they were just quite sparkly, I think, or, you know, you just, you'd notice them. So, um, he mentioned something about my shoes, and I kind of said, thanks, whatever, ordered my drink, moved on, and when I, when we moved away, our, the guy that my friend was dating had said, girls, just be a little careful there, I'd say, you know, and we were kind of saying, what, you know, and we didn't take much notice, we were having a few drinks, we were having fun, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't get into it there and then with him. <laughs> so anyway, I had gone up, I had had four drinks, uh, no, sorry, I had had three drinks, and this was my fourth drink, and I was getting around for myself and two other friends, and they were, they, we decided to order these cocktails, and they were very kind of like a cerise pink kind of cloudy colour, um, and they were in like a martini glass. Mm. And they're very awkward. A martini glass is fierce awkward. If you have more than two, not a hope. It's going everywhere. It's spilling over the sides. It's spilling over the edges. So I ordered them. And then I said, how am I going to bring these three glasses over to that table? So um, I said, OK, I'll go get my friend. So 
I left my drinks on the table next to that man who had tried to speak to me earlier. Uh, walked over, got my friend. She took one of the drinks. I took two of the drinks. He said something else to us and then he said, have a good night. And we were kind of like, okay. And I kind of, I rolled, my friend, I rolled and we were like, geez, you know, let it off. Like, and now I will say he was a good 20 years older than us as well. So, you know, it's not like we thought, geez, he was all right. Or, you know, we just, there was no interest there. We yeah. just, you know, we were trying to be courteous and that was it. End of story. So I drank my drink and within a few minutes, I was like going, oh my God, didn't feel very well. And to this day, have no recollection of what actually happened. Two of the lads that were at the same party that were meant to be coming to back to, we live in Balancholic and they were meant to be coming back with me to the other party we were all going to, um, actually had to bring me in a taxi home because I was just trying to go to sleep, basically. And um, they put me in a taxi, brought me up to my mother, who got an awful fright because she knew more than anyone that I was <laughs> shouldn't have been home by nine o'clock. And, um, you know, I was more than able to handle my drinks. Mm. And, um, yeah, I was blackout. And they both had to literally carry me up to the door to her. And my parents had to put me to bed. And when I woke up the following day, had an almighty headache and felt so ill. Um, but I suppose it's funny, like at the time you don't put two and two together. It's only when you kind of reflect mm. that you go, Jesus, he warned me and he, you know, and you start putting two and two together. And I'd say it wasn't until I met the, the man that had warned us again. I'd met him about two weeks later and I told him what happened. And he was like, come here, you were spiked. You had to have been spiked. I told you it was happening. So, so he yeah. knew. He, he knew, knew that the fella had. sitting at the bar had a reputation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd seen it with other people, the exact same. He said it was just word for word. My story was the exact same that had happened to other people. Now, I suppose I got a bit angry at the time because I was like, why didn't you get into it more with us at the time? Look, And he was like, I warned you, though. And now, needless to say, my friend never ended up with him. <laughs> I kind of finished up after that. But, you know, it was just kind of, it was a stark warning at the time but you just never think it's going to happen to you. So mm-hmm. I suppose we brushed it off, you know, but afterwards, like I was, oh my God, for a good few weeks, like I remember being like so paranoid about my drink. And I weirdly, actually, there was this thing that I remember kind of younger fellas would do. And I'm sure now other people will know what I'm going to say, but they'd flip like a little like two cent coin into your drink as they were walking past as a joke. Okay. Um, that was the thing that went on a couple, yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, and I remember I was out one night and I was in um, a smoking room. With my- it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My friend and I had a drink and I put it up next to me. The little table was quite high up. It was probably shoulder height. And a fellow walked past me and was joking. He was trying to get my attention. And he flipped a 50-cent coin into my pint. But sure, I was on heightened alert at this point so I lost it and he was like sorry it was only a mess I was only messing Jesus I was only having a laugh I was trying to get your attention and I was like first of all that's disgusting putting money into people's drinks and I was like and second of all like don't do it don't do that to people you know but I was really really paranoid but anyway I remember that was a thing that kind of took off shortly after that and I was thinking god if people are getting away with putting money like that like coins into people's drink as a joke could you Mm. imagine with a tablet or whatever you know yeah when you read these threads on social media that there could be one or two people who are notorious for it hanging around, it brings back memories of what happened to you that night. Totally. There's a doc, there's a, a kind of a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a docu-series as well on Channel 4. They did a one and it was about a girl who got spiked and I couldn't watch it afterwards because I was like, I watched two episodes. I'd say, no, I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but... I remember thinking, like, I was just so lucky that I was with a bunch of people who I knew that were like, okay, this is not her. Let's bring her home. Yeah, you know, they had like, your back. You were with them. Yeah, totally. And like, if I was with people who maybe I didn't know very well, or if I had given him a bit more interest, and if I thought, you know, this fella might be up for whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know where things could have led that night. But I was just so lucky that the people I was with were just like, nope, home, let's go, this is awful, you know, and like checked in the following day and everything. But yeah. it's it's just, it's frightening to think that, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, even, though no, even though nothing happened other than you having to be brought home and, and put to bed and feeling fairly rotten the, the next day, do you ever think back and wonder, God, what if? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, PJ, I, I like I, I love a party. I love talking to people. I'm always like, you know, I, I, I'd be a social bunny, let's say. But when you think of someone putting you into that vulnerable situation through no fault of your own, not your own choice, like they're taking away your your capabilities basically they're taking away you being able to make a decision and like you know at the end of the day they're picking right who's here tonight who I could oh yeah she looks all right bang do you know it's just and then hoping that something might happen that's what I gather happens but I suppose that night I was very well surrounded by people who looked after me and there was no chance of it going anywhere but you could imagine a girl potentially being in a situation where a man could go she's with me there and you don't know what could happen next indeed you don't indeed you don't thank you Georgina for that 0818969696 not going to identify anywhere or anyone or any threads that are going out but have a look around your social media and you'll find a lot of talk about Cork at the moment and spiking and rumours at least of one, maybe two, notorious individuals 
popped up on the scene or popping up on the scene. And everyone seems to know who they are or think they know who they are. Well, that was Georgina's experience a few years ago. And always remember, if you're going out, make sure there's someone with you who has your back and never leave a drink unattended. Never leave a drink unattended. If that means, and I've, listen, I've seen fellas doing it. If that means bringing your drink into the toilet and putting it up on the shelf there next to the sink or wherever, then do that. Never leave a drink unattended. 0818969696. Now, Donald O'Queeve, grandson of Padraig O'Queeve, has taken to social media to push back against the plan to rename or to rebrand or to give naming rights to Parky Queeve. And here's the full text of what he is saying on social media. We've asked him to speak with us, haven't heard back just yet, but my grandfather embodied the empathy, hospitality and community spirit that is the essence of the GAA. His dream was inclusivity, to have a GAA-owned pitch in every parish. Under his stewardship, the GAA became the biggest amateur association of its kind in the world. It is galling to me that SuperValue would consider making the eradication of my grandfather's legacy a condition of sponsorship. The gateway is open for the sale of our heritage for profit. The fact that the Cork County Board meeting tonight that will debate the proposal will also be held behind closed doors for the first time is profoundly undemocratic. I have faith that Parky Cueve will forever retain its original name in the hearts and minds of the people of Cork. As Padraig O'Cueve's grandson, I've just learned about this through the media. Nobody from the GAA reached out to tell me this was being considered. To my knowledge, no other family member was contacted either. I'm deeply shocked and saddened by it. Those are the words of Donald O'Cueve, grandson of Padraig O'Cueve, after whom Parky Cueve is named. It puts it in context, doesn't it? It's a statement, actually, that Donald sent to us here. Uh, thank you for that, Emer. I thought it was an extension of his social media post. It wasn't. It's a statement that Donald has been kind enough to send to us here at 96FM. I'm also going to pass that through to the newsroom. So the grandson of Padraig O'Cueve has issued a statement to 96FM, pretty much pushing back hard against this decision, and particularly angry and upset that nobody he or no other memory of it, mem- member of his family that he knows of was consulted about this. That's not right. That's not right. And to whoever at the marketing department of Musgraves decided that this was a plan on which to embark, it is what it is. But if it is a thing that nobody either in Musgraves or worse still at the county board thought about contacting the descendants of Padraig O'Keeve, then we have problems. I started at nine o'clock this morning wondering what all the fuss was about. And then took calls from my listeners and messages from my listeners to gauge their views. But when I get that statement from the family of the man after whom the park is named, I now have a huge problem. A very big problem. 
On Cords 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 pm where you could win a voucher for Oak Fire Pizza for voice notes like this. Hi, Izzy. I would love some Taylor Swift. I'm such a Swifty. We might be putting your knowledge to the test with a quiz or two. I haven't been this nervous since I was school. And I'll be sure to play more of your favourite tunes. And I love your show. Your music is fantastic, Izzy. I love it. Join me weekdays from 4 pm. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me Talking earlier this morning with uh, Karen Underwood about how she feels. Look, all these places are closing and there's this reason and that reason and the other reason. You see as well in the papers this morning where maybe the government now is getting spooked and might step in in whatever shape or form they do. We, We don't know. We won't know for a while. But yet another, But Karen's point was, if you see a local restaurant going down, maybe you have a certain personal responsibility. Did you support the local business or did you support the big corporate? Which did you support when you had money to spend? That's her point. I spoke also of the the Wild Time, which is in Buttevant and has announced, they, they have announced their close on the 28th of January. Annette Nagel, you know the place well. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. I do indeed. Oh, fabulous restaurant. Yeah, located just outside Budavant. Um, You go across the railway gates heading for Liscarl and it's just out the road there. Yeah, okay. beautiful place. Oh, fabulous food. Oh, the chicken chicken and mushroom, PJ, I'm telling you, was one of the nicest dishes I've ever tasted. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really was. It's such, such a shame that another fabulous restaurant who have worked their butts off to keep it open have become a victim again to this cost of living crisis and cost of ingredients and cost of just about everything, you know. Mm. Absolute shame. Absolute shame. I mean, Emma and her staff, they were just fabulous. They were great. You know, you just couldn't fault them. They worked so, so hard to keep that place open. And um, She mentioned them by name in her Facebook post, Orla, Rachel... And Tara yeah. and Emer. Yeah. So good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worked so hard. And I mean, they had a choice of just, you look, there was nothing, anything you wanted, you get it there. You know what I mean? There was just a great choice. They worked so hard in giving it people, you know, as many options as they could when they came into the restaurant. Their desserts were to die for. Now, I'm not a massive dessert person, but I used to have to just indulge every so often because they were too good. You couldn't leave them after you. It was as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and as I said, you know, they're gone just because they can't um, they can't sustain the losses anymore. You know, trying to pay staff, trying to pay the overhead. She was, you know, Emma was renting the building, um, and you know, the, the fat increases, the ingredients increases. It, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I mean, I heard you say there, uh, PJ, just before you came to me, that you were saying the government are starting to get spooked. Well, it's about time. It took them long enough. Yeah, it's one of the papers this morning. I'll get the article and go through it. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll pick up on it there. But the, the, there was talk this morning that the government is a bit spooked now by this and may, may intervene in some way or other. I think I heard Michal Martin suggesting in the news that maybe this big bill that's landing on everybody's lap in May 
because of the, the yeah, warehouse that needs tech, to be stopped. That, need, that needs to be yeah. stopped. That needs to be stopped. That's one. It thing. needs to be stopped. I mean, they need to, you know, they need to cop on now and open their eyes. Has Michal Martin walked around Cork City recently and seen the devastation yeah. of the taxes that his government is imposing? It's just not fair. What do you make of what Karen yeah, was saying is. earlier on? That look, if you went to She's a big franchise right. instead of a look, yeah, yeah, okay, She's dead right, PJ. I mean, that's the thing about it. I can honestly say that when I go out for lunch, I take my two aunties, Anne and Eileen, out for lunch every second week. We never go to a big business, you know, these Carpets. multi-businesses. We go to the smaller ones, yeah. you know. We go to the likes of the Four Winds in Charleville, the Old Walls in the Scarl. We've travelled as far as Mitchellstown. We've gone to McCroom. We've gone to Cork. Um, and we never go to the big ones. And that's my doing because I will ra- much rather go to a smaller business, then go to the bigger ones. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Annette. Uh, the wild time outside Buttevant. Closing at the end of the month, yet another one to add to White Rabbit, uh, Nash 19, Tong Sing, Big Al, many, many more up and down the country. 0818 96 96 96. And there's the message this morning coming from Karen Underwood and coming now from Annette, that if you had money to spend and you chose to go to a big international franchise rather than go to a a local restaurant and spend your money there, then maybe you need to take a look at yourself and think, well, let's be supporting our own now. At least at the moment when things are tough. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Federico joins me from Brazil. Um, Fred, you used to live in Balancholic. you have a problem with their lingus vouchers. This goes back a bit. Morning. Good morning, Jake. Thanks for having me. That's right. Um, I live in, in Balancholic between 2018 and 2020. I was an English student there. So um, in the end of 2019, we planned a family trip to Ireland and Europe. Um, I booked hostels, um, I bought flights, but with the pandemic, obviously all these things were cancelled, and I have a problem now, yeah. Yeah, so you had booked flights through Aer Lingus when everything was cancelled. Aer Lingus were giving back vouchers. You have vouchers now. Yes, I have two vouchers, but the thing is, I remember clearly that I had two options, to be reimbursed, that I chose, or choose to choose a voucher. Um, I chose that time to be reimbursed because I didn't know uh, if that that trip would happen. So I chose to get my money back, but I I got surprised a few months later that uh, when I have uh, two gift vouchers on my email. Also, you had asked them for your money back. They'd given you the option and you asked them for your money back and then you didn't get it. That's right. That's right. Uh, that same happened with all other companies, uh, Ryanair and Air France, because we were planning to go to Paris, and they asked me if I had a voucher, if I got a voucher or a, uh, my money back, and I chose to be reimbursed, and all things uh, went well. But with our lingos, no. Okay, and you've been trying to get reimbursed. I know that. Have you? You? you you've been emailing them on on and off. Yeah, at least uh, six times uh, so far. I don't remember exactly how how many. And I tried to get them by social media. And uh, the only thing they say is that it's impossible now because, uh, well, it's kind of EU, EU regulation. And uh, 
they just sorry, but they can say they're claiming a new regulation. But I'm sure you you're a businessman. You're used to keeping records. I'm sure you can show them proof that you asked to be reimbursed. Have you asked them why they ignored that? I send them screenshots with the the mail that they sent me, and uh, they said, even so, that it's uh, pity, but they can do anything. That's unfortunate. So, how much are the vouchers worth, Frederico? Well, I have two vouchers. Uh, each of them is one hundred fifty-eight each, three hundred sixteen both. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that would be a nice handy chunk off of anybody's flights. I think you're looking to sell them. I, you, you, you're able to sell them, aren't you? Because they're, ju- they're just a number. Yes, it's just a number and with pin. So we can, if, for example, if someone buy these books, they can book a flight and put the number and the pin and uh, they got the value, oh, so, the discount. Okay. Yeah. okay, so you're just looking for someone to buy them off you. And be, if, if someone would be interested. And, if, and because you lived... In Balancholic, there's a very active Facebook group out there. Yes, exactly. Balancholic, Mons and Zets. I used to work as a dog walker there, and uh, I remember how so resourceful this group was. And I wrote a post there explaining my uh, situation, and people suggest me that I could uh, offer these vouchers to Irish people uh, again. Because uh, th- there are another problem. Uh, I hope to be in Ireland again sometime in the future, but I don't know when. And uh, Erlingos, um, it's, uh, how can I say this? It's only from Ireland to other parts of Europe. So I need to be in Ireland in order to use this voucher. So it's hard now. Okay. You understand? I do understand. So you can only use them from Ireland to go somewhere yes. else. Yeah. Exactly. They're, yeah. they're valid, you say, until 2025. 2025, yes. Ju- June or July 2025. June, to be precise. Right, and they're worth nearly €360. Euro. Well, if somebody wanted to contact us, we could probably put you in touch and see could you do an arrangement between you. That would be a matter for yourselves, of course. But talk to me about your time here, Frederico. You really liked it. Yes, exactly. Well, I plan to go to Ireland for... 17 years more or less let's say because since i was 17 i hope to be in in europe uh, to to in order to learn english so i haven't been able to speak english now for two years so bear with me (laughs) may i compliment you your english is excellent oh thank you very much thank you very much uh, pj and uh well in Ireland, we lived in Balincolic, my wife and I, and we had our two dogs, two Shih Tzus. Uh, we took them to Ireland together with us. Mm-hmm. And it was a very good time there. I used to work in uh, that restaurant, uh, Soho, Cork. And in Balincolic, I, I used to do Esther job as a dog walker. Excellent. You're, you're back now. What part of Brazil are you in? Um, I live in the south of Brazil, in a state called Rio Grande do Sul. It borders Argentina and Uruguay. You run your own mm-hmm. business. What do you do? Yes, we have now a cleaning company here. Now we do um, upholstery cleaning and other stuff. Had it not been for the pandemic, might you still be here? Or had you always intended to go back? Well, in the beginning, 
beginning, the plan was to be in Ireland on Europe for two or three years to get to know different countries. But with the pandemic, we have to cut, split this time. I don't know how to say this properly in English, but we had to go to come back to Brazil earlier. Yes, but we had a good time. We also work in a nursing home there. And uh, it was, I think, the most uh, challenging and most satisfying, satisfying time in in Ireland. Yeah, you lived you lived around Clatus Lake, I think it was, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Lovely place, Federico. Mm-hmm. If anybody would like to uh, take these vouchers off your hands, they can contact mm-hmm. us, and we can put them in contact with you. And that's a matter yes. for yourselves what you do there and then. I'm very disappointed with the fact that even though you were able to show Aer Lingus the fact that they offered you a reimbursement mm-hmm. and yet they wouldn't give it to you. Everybody else that you booked your trip with gave you your money back except Aer Lingus. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. They said sorry, but they are not allowed to get that. It doesn't make sense when they originally offered you it. That doesn't make sense, and, and as you say, you can verify that. Frederico, if someone wants to buy the vouchers off you, they can contact us. Otherwise, you'd like to be back in Ireland again sometime soon, would you? Yes, I think so. Maybe in two or three years, yes. All right, well, we, we look forward to that. Thank you for taking my call today, and good luck with your business there in Brazil. Thank you, too. All the best for you all. Cheers. Same to you, fella. Um, did anybody else have that experience? As he points it out, he had tickets bought, then the pandemic hit, then he was offered a choice between reimbursement or a voucher. He has all the screenshots to show this. And then when he opted for his money back, he was told, well, actually, we, we, we can't. That's his take on it. Maybe it's different. I, I don't know. Did anybody else come across that? With Aer Lingus in particular, or any other airline, but Aer Lingus in particular in this case. He bought tickets, the pandemic hit, he was offered a choice, according to himself, of a refund or uh, a voucher. He took the refund because of his circumstances and then was told, well, sorry, you can't have it. 0818969696. Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Quartz 96FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or c96fm.ie The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 396 in a local place and if you didn't then perhaps you need to look at yourself when some of the local places are going under John says I'll spend my money where I want why would I spend 15 euro on a breakfast when I can get it for 8 euro in Weatherspoons? That's and that's your choice John and to be fair Weatherspoons employ Cork people and, and all of that but it just point that Karen and Annette 
were making. That's a big international corporate brand, which which will which will be fine anyway. Um, but the other smaller brands are going under, uh, and that maybe our choices, our own choices, have something to do with it. But thank you. Um, we have two statements, two important statements with regard to the super value renaming or branding of Parky Cueve. And this has been an interesting morning for me because I started out at nine o'clock this morning, not really giving two continentals about it and thinking it's only a flipping name. Give us a break here. But then the statement came in from Padrigo Cueve, grandson of Dordanlo uh, Cueve, grandson of Padrigo Cueve, saying that none of the family knew about this, as far as he knows. He certainly didn't. And no other family member, members seem to have known, or descendants seem to have known, and that he's very saddened about that. And I can see his point, certainly. And also, the, the passion of people for Parky Cueve and the naming of Parky Cueve. I, I would be inclined to think now, were I a delegate going in tonight to the county board, I would be insisting, well, it might, if it must be branded then no less than Super Value Park Equive. You wouldn't be calling it Super Value Park by any manner of means. That's the statement from Donald O'Queefe. He said, it's galling to me that Super Value would consider making the eradication of my grandfather's legacy a condition of sponsorship. It's also uh, profoundly undemocratic that tonight's county board meeting will be held behind closed doors. Then there's a statement from Kevin O'Donovan, CEO of Cork GAA, who said that Cork GAA has a responsibility to ensure it's on a firm financial footing to ensure the success of its games at both local and county level. And among other things, this includes naming rights for the biggest asset within its control. It's been seeking ways, it says, to secure additional income from appropriate sources. And that includes naming rights for the biggest asset within its control. The matter is for discussion tonight by County Board Delegates. Therefore, it will be inappropriate to comment ahead of that meeting. One assumes that there'll be no recommendation put before the meeting. That I don't know. Will there be a recommendation put before the meeting? Or will it just be a free and open vote? Free and open vote? You might get one result. If you put an instruction before delegates... You might get another one. So one would certainly hope, and maybe if any delegates listening, you don't have to name yourself. Just give give us a call here and let us know what club you're a delegate for or whatever. Or, you know, just off there, which is we know you're a delegate. Is there any delegate going to tonight's meeting? Have you been told that you have a free vote on this? Or is there a direction coming from the top table? Because no one's going to tell us because the media have been have been barred. We'll come back to it. 0818 96 96 96. Now, have you heard the term? I've heard the term, and I was glad to see someone seize upon it. The term toxic positivity. For me, it's, I call it the Lego movie mood. Everything is awesome. No matter how crap things are, everything is awesome. It's people who say, there's no room for negativity in my place. Or only positive thoughts here. That actually can be some of the most negative thing you ever hear. Um, toxic positivity. Beth Anna Reardon, as a psychotherapist, and joins me. It is a term that's gaining traction, Beth Ann. Is that what it is? People who just insist on no negativity in the room. Good morning. Good 
Hello. Um, yeah, it's this kind of everything is okay, nothing is bad, and even if something's bad, we're going to make it okay. Um, I loved what you said then about the Lego movie, everything is awesome, because that is it in a nutshell. You know, in a nutshell, everything is awesome. And that's just not reality at all for most people. Feeling crap is allowed. Yeah, well, and it and, and it's just truth. It's just real. You know, sometimes we just don't feel great. Things happen in life. Um, we make mistakes. We say or do the wrong thing. We feel, you know, we have... We have systems inside of us that in the therapy world we call our threat protection system now in kind of um, less elusive language. What that means is we have systems inside of us to protect us. So we feel guilt and we feel shame and we feel anger. And this is our body's way of saying to us, hey, something bad might be about to happen or this might be dangerous. You need to take stop and look after yourself here, see what's going on. And if we don't pay attention to those then they grow and they grow and they grow and they and they burst out of us like a volcano so ignoring the things that kind of like mm, I no that didn't feel great if we then just go to no you're dead it's fine everything is awesome we're really missing out on um on figuring out what's right and wrong for us in life there's a thing as well where if you're in a group of people Beth Anna discussing something and you're sitting there thinking, no, actually, I see a problem here. So you go, hold on a minute now, lads. What about X, Y, and Z? Instead of saying, do you know what, PJ? You might have a point there. Oh, don't be so negative. Don't be so negative. Like, it, it totally stymies proper conversation. Yeah, it does. And I think people do find sticky conversations really tricky. But, you know, the reality is, is that, I mean, so I guess like a lot of my work, say, is around like mental health and, you know, there's all this, it's okay to not be okay, but yet we can't even handle a day-to-day conversation where there might be a slight difference of opinion, let alone the big stuff at the other end of the spectrum around our mental health. So, yeah, you're totally right. Mm. Like we're going through a thing at home now at the moment and my listeners have heard me talk about it. Our daughter has gone off for a year. And we're absolutely thrilled for her. I am beyond happy for her to do this. I'm gutted that she's gone, though. Both those are valid. Yeah, that's it. And people, I mean, I can imagine people are saying all kind of nice things. She'll be back before you know it. Yeah. And she'll have all kinds of nice stories to tell you. We and know you can that. keep in touch on social media. But it doesn't take away from what you're feeling inside. Right. Tonight's our hockey night, or tomorrow night's our hockey night. And she would always oh. come home to go to hockey. And tomorrow night will be like a very dark night in our house. And yeah, yeah it's like, to, you must be allowed to say those things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think, you see, if we don't say those things, then we don't know how to look after ourselves in those things. You know, so tonight, maybe, I don't know, you know, when you miss, when you're missing her coming in or going out or whatever it is, you know, you'll figure out a way to make that feel okay. And it's not that we're turning it into a positive. You're just, well, how can I look after myself in this? Mm. And that means being sad. It means missing her. And it might mean sitting having a cup of tea or doing something that also at the same time helps you in that mm. moment. Where did all this excess positivity come from, Beth? And it seems to me anyway to have come from this kind of 
everybody's now a wellness expert stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find this really tricky, you know, because I see my my New Year's resolution. Although I don't really do them, but you know, that's it. Uh, mm. <laughs> I decided to myself, I'm going to keep off social media as much as I can. I'll be there enough so people know that someone like me is out there to help them. But I'll keep away because I do find everyone has something to comment, something to say. You know, the wellness industry is absolutely booming, yet we've never been on as unwell as people before. That's a very so there's good something point. that's not working. Yeah, that's you a know, great like, point, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think it is a lot of the kind of, yay, we're all great, because actually turning towards pain is really, really tricky. You know, turning towards what's really hard. And the reality is there's a couple of things we can depend on in life and that's kind of death, paying taxes, and that we're all vulnerable to emotional suffering because it's the way we've been designed. And I think there is so much misinformation out there. There is so much out there around, well, why don't you just, like I see it a lot on social media. People saying, you know, if you tell your child, you know, you're you're a warrior, you're brave, you're strong, they will be strong. And that's not true. It's the relationship that you have with somebody. It's not what you tell somebody. Yeah. And it's the same with positivity as well. I'm going to tell you five positive things about you. Well, we all have a voice inside that wants to say, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe I'm beautiful, gorgeous, going to be abundant. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we have we have to pay attention to that voice inside that uh, maybe is our critical voice, our shame voice, our one that likes to doubt things. Mm-hmm. Because when we can keep that at bay, then all the rest of the other voices have a, have a chance to blossom. But that only happens when we don't ignore the other one. Um, yeah. So for me, it's about keeping away from misinformation on social media because it kind of drives me bananas and that wasn't good for me then as a person, as a mum, as a therapist, whatever, all of the above. I'm a great believer in logic. So when I'm faced with something in life, I look into myself and I think, what is the logical response here? But then sometimes the emotional response has to be left to one side. That's not right either. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of everything is appropriate, isn't it? You know, like if you're faced with immediate danger, then yeah, I mean, you know, you need the logic to get out of it, (laughs) you know. But and and this is the nuanced stuff about life, isn't it? Is that there isn't rules for everything. Nothing is prescriptive. But it's about having that part of you that knows and trusts you can get out of stuff, even if it's sticky, even if it's not going to look great, you'll still be able to get through it. And that's this resilience piece that's spoken about so much as well. Mm. While you're there, Beth, and, you know, we have a lot of people listening to us this morning who are struggling. The gas bill has just landed and it's huge. There's a lot of month left oh. and not so much money left. And they're just worried any word yeah. of advice for them? Oh, I think I think genuinely life is really hard at the minute. You know, I mean, I couldn't believe <laughs> my husband's birthday is the 15th of January. So I always know that's my midway point. And yesterday I couldn't believe, oh, my gosh, we're only this far through January. You know, if it, it really does feel like the longest one. So I, I think it's like to know that you're not alone. But I know that doesn't help with the practicalities of life either. Mm. You know, But I think, you see, if we can just kind of make life really simple, you know, and be with people who make us feel good 
Yeah. Be with people who care for us and be with people who we can care for because this is huge. So much of the time we're spending time with people who actually don't make us feel great. And if we can enjoy um, connect, connection is everything. So don't be isolated. Find people who will listen, but also find people you can just have fun with and fun that doesn't have to cost money. Mm-hmm. You know, go for a walk, have someone over for a cup of tea. You don't have to go out for a cup of tea. You know, I know we want to support all the local cafes, but at the same time, make life work for you. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, and you, you talk about your inner ally. What is an inner ally yeah. and how can we find him or her? Yeah, well, we've all got different voices inside. You know, before I came on here, my nervous voice was uh, chattering away to me, wondering if I would make a mistake. And then we have our self-critical voice, which is the one that kind of tells us we're no good and we should have done better. But inside all of us is also a voice that has our best interest at heart. So think of the things you might say to your best friend. You know, think of the things you might say to a child when they fall over or when they make a mistake. If we can practice saying things to ourselves that we would say to other people, then really we're creating this um, an inner safeness inside. And if there's any parents listening, one thing the teenagers say when they come to meet me, and I always find this is great because they'll always say the truth, is they hate when their parents come to them with this fake positivity as well. Really? You know, oh, mom, I'm thinking of self-harming. And the parents come in and say, oh, but you're so pretty and you've got great friends and you're great at the gun, you're great at soccer, you know, because again, this doesn't help them create that inner ally, the inner inner ally is the voice that says to us, look, I can see life's really hard for you. Can I help you? Instead of trying to say nice things. So just think the inner ally is what you would say to your best friend to help them. And it might be, it might not even be the words you say, it might be the things that you do. It might be that you you would tell them to take a break. So take a break yourself. Mm -hmm. Now it can be the words and it can be the practical as well. I remember something that uh, happened and we used talked about it a lot during the pandemic and during particularly during times of lockdown you know we learned don't just be kind to somebody else be kind to you you deserve kindness yeah yeah and this is where the fake positivity is re- or uh, toxic positivity sorry is really difficult because the reality is for most people is that if you say something kind to you there is a tiny or there is a gigantic voice inside that doesn't believe it There is a part of us that says, you know, I look in the mirror, I'm a strong, beautiful woman. Is there a part of me that doesn't believe it? Maybe. But does that part run the show or not? You know, can the inner ally come in and understand? Well, yeah, because of all the things you've experienced in your life, of course, there's a part of you that doesn't believe it. But I'm here and I do believe it. So I'm the I'm the inner ally. I'm the voice that's going to be kind to you. And we'll also help you with this critical voice as well. Okay. So being kind to ourselves is hard, but possible. And necessary, I would suggest. Bethan, thank you. Bethanna Reardon is a, a psychotherapist, runs the Calm Parenting Community and is co-host of the Mums Mind podcast. This constant, everything is awesome. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And that's okay too. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Kate says we've lost the ability to make social contact. I went to the doctor earlier on. Everybody was on their phones. There's nobody to talk to. Everything's automatic. Even paying your bill. There's no human connection. 
Thank you. 0818969696. Stephen, uh, Stephen Fox has been around to find out what people on the streets of Cork are thinking about the whole parquet queef thing. That's next. Two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. The Two Grand Minute. With Cork Dental Care. You'll be all smiles when you see their treatments with Invisalign at corkdentalcare.ie. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. The money. On Cork's 96 FM. Doubtless it's the big story of the morning and of the day and no doubt will be the big story of the week. And it'll be an even bigger story tomorrow, depending on the outcome of the county board meeting tonight, to which, of course, the media are not invited. We're not allowed in media. Not allowed. Big, bad, bold media. No, God, no, you can't come in. You can't come in. We'll do this behind closed doors our way. Thank you very much. Indeed. Cork County Board deciding tonight whether or not Super Value will become a brand naming will hold brand naming rights for Parky Cueve going forward. It could become something like Super Value Park. I'm suggesting, if it must happen, Super Value Parky Cueve is the least they could do. And, as I said, I didn't care this morning at 9 o'clock, but I do care now, given that the descendants of Padraigo Cueve knew nothing about this decision. And I think that's that's not good enough, to be fair. And if anyone's listening from the county board, that is not Good enough, lads. Not good enough at all. Mick says, making belly of a hand, the GA is now corporate. I knew it was going that way when they redesigned the All-Ireland Medal. They should stick with the old ways that saw us through all the good and the bad times. And for that matter, go back to the old All-Ireland Medal. Stephen Fox has been downtown this morning just to gauge the views of people as they went about their morning business with regard to the possible renaming of Parky Cueve as... Super Value Park. Absolutely disgraceful. Super Value Park, it sounds like a bit of a joke, really. I think Parky Cueve, like, oh, Parky Cueve, Super Value Park is like the parking area or something. They need the money, but I don't know, Parky Cueve, so I can call that and not be kind of it, to be honest. I suppose most of them are doing it now. They're putting a name to it, sponsorship or whatever, like, so I don't know, probably makes sense. Horror. I don't like it at all. No, no I'm not happy with it, yeah. no. Do you think they should keep it as it is, or maybe is there a better name for it, or what do you think? Keep, keep it, it as it is, like, you know, it's, it's not broke, don't fix it type thing, you know? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I think if it were to be rebranded, people would still call it Parky Cueve, out of habit. But Super Value Park, I just, it doesn't work. There's no class to it, unfortunately. <laughs> do you think that's going to be the case this time around as well? I think so. Yeah, big time. Super Value Park. What next? We were named the lead to Tesco River. It's a disgrace. I was on the ticket board on the way down to work this morning. Shocking. It should stay the same. History should stay the same. Do you think people will start calling it Super Value Park? Would it be like a Lansdowne Road kind of situation? No, or? I think people will still call it Parky Cueve and it'll just be kind of frowned upon to call it that, I think. You know? <laughs> Everything takes time in like two, three years. It could just be normality then. Yeah. It was that word. <laughs> I think they should leave it out of this, to yeah. be honest. I think it's a good name, but like, why would they change it after all the years? I think it'll still be Parky Cueve. And of like, it's strong. Because it's everything. 
for a long time, to be honest. Yeah, I Thanks. think they should keep it. Not a fan of the super value at all. No. What's wrong with Parker Creep? Mm. We all know it, we all love it. <laughs> keep it the way it is. And it shouldn't be named after a big company like that. Do it after someone famous or someone that's done something for Cork, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a bit ridiculous, Frank. Yeah. I think Parker Creep is a lovely name. It's an outrageous renaming. It's a complete rewriting of our history and an erasure of Cork culture. No one's going to call it Super Value Park. I actually only found out about it this morning. My mum was saying it to me and I was like, I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. I don't think it's the right thing to do because it's always been Parky Creed. That's what everyone knows it as. I don't know why you'd go and rename it now. I have no idea what the reason is. It's a funding deal. Okay. See, it's stupid. I think they should stay with Parky Creed. I don't know why they would change it, but look, money's money. That's just it. What can you do? I think it should stay the same. I don't see the point in changing it, honestly. What do they think they're changing it to? Super Value Park. That's awful. No, keep it the way it is. I think they're trying to change everything. Cop on. I think it's nice that we have something named in Irish because everywhere else is like the tree arena and... Yeah, exactly. Parky Creeve is... Full Irish, you know. Full Irish, As far as the sound as well. I think it's grand. Yeah. It's the way it is. Yeah. I don't think we need to change anything. I just prefer the name Parky Creeve. Everybody knows it as Parky Creeve. That's my opinion. That's the view from the streets this morning. Uh, the decision will be made tonight at the county board and no doubt we will return to it tomorrow. 0818 96 96 96. Earlier on actually, someone was on, one of the lads earlier on, the first hour was on about Supervalue and he said, I'm going to get into trouble for this but I'm going to say it anyway. And I always know when a fella says that, like, it's I'm going to get into trouble. So what he said was, well, they could put a super value in there so that the women could go shopping while the men watch the match. To which this came in. Tell that fella the woman could go to the match and the men could do the shopping there, PJ. (laughs) Thanks. Now, it's that time of year when people who are sitting, who are able to afford it at least, or can even think about affording it, are sitting down to look at holidays for the summertime. And Rosalind D has been writing in the Sunday Independent about solo travel. Becoming very popular. Very, very popular. Just heading off on your own. No spouse, no partner, no children, no nothing. And Rosalind has been doing this now for a number of years and was writing about it in the weekend. The joys and the pitfalls of solo travel. Uh, Rosalind, how did how did you get started on the whole solo travel thing in the first place? Good morning. Well, good morning, PJ. Um, to be honest, um, it was kind of thrust upon me when I was widowed eight and a half years ago. Yeah. So I'm a relative newcomer compared to you know some people who've been doing it for for years. Um, so yeah, and I think if it is thrust upon you due to personal circumstances, I think it can initially be quite difficult. Um, Because, you know, suddenly you're on your own, you're eating on your own, you know, you're sightseeing on your own, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I find, I mean, much as I'm a very seasoned traveller and have been writing about travel for 30 years, and my husband, my late husband, Jerry, was a photographer. So we quite often did work together when we travelled. So initially, yeah, initially, I think it can be difficult. But But if you stick with it and you go with the flow, it's actually, it's a whole other world. Hmm. Hmm. I know someone, family friend of ours, who who did a huge solo uh, trip to America recently and drove right. Route 66 on his own. And he said, the right. great thing is, if I decide I want to go there and do this, 
I don't yes. have to seek anybody else's permission. That was exactly. what he loved. Exactly. And when you're there, you know, because not, you know, not all couples or all friends or whatever who travel together, they don't all have exactly the same interests, you know. So, yeah. you know, there is a bit of compromise involved. And I'm not saying that's a, a bad thing. Of course, it's not. But if you don't have to compromise at all, well, hey, the world's <laughs> your oyster, you know. <laughs> now, some of the things you came across, I thought, for example, that single supplements in a room were mm-hmm. things of the past. They're clearly not. No, they're not. Um, you know, and in fairness to some of the tour operators, like they, they pass on, you know, the, the charges they're getting from the hotels. And, you know, I suppose you look at the hotel and it has a room, which is a double room, say, you know, and um, they're just having one person in it. So they do charge. There, there is an additional, you know, you don't you don't get it for half the price or whatever. Mm. But you will find I have I find as well. I'm not a I'm not a big one for the single room where you're kind of perched on the edge of a single bed all night. Oh. I prefer a bit more comfort Um, maybe because I'm a bit older you know and and if you're younger I think fair enough but um, I found that if you actually deal directly with the hotel or the guest house or whatever um, if you travel midweek if you travel off season you know when maybe they might not have all the rooms booked out anyway Mm. um, you will find that they will do they'll do deals for you and they'll be as helpful as they can Mm. but you do need to read I mean because Essentially, PJ, I think there are two kinds of solo travellers. You know, there's the one who is completely independent, which is largely what I do now. Go off on my own, do my own, book my own flights, you know, book my own, maybe book a walking tour in a, if it's a city break, because yeah. that's quite a good way as well to have a bit of, you know, a bit of banter, a bit of chat. But so there's the person who does it like that. Then there's the other person who doesn't travel with a companion as such, uh, maybe because, as one woman said to me years ago, <laughs> sure, he won't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so she's determined she's still going, but she wants to have a bit of a sense of community when she's there. Mm. So she books, she travels as a single person, but she does it on a group tour. You know, people like the travel department or, I mean, off the top of my head, you know, they do those those kind of tours. So she has a little bit of company, but she still has her single room, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And um, so they're those two two types of people and you do need to read the small print now what it, i should clear very clearly say it wasn't a travel department issue at all because i've just mentioned them yeah. um but there was a situation a few years ago where somebody told me they had booked such a kind of traveling on their own but in a group tour and no single supplement they believed but actually there was no single supplement if they it was a woman if she agreed to share a room with another single female traveller ah. from the group. A woman she didn't know, you know, before. Oh. But if she didn't agree to do that, well then, hey presto, the old single supplement was going nowhere. Yeah. So basically, read the small print, you yeah. know, and yeah. deal. If you're not going in a group like that, you're travelling yourself, just deal directly with the, the wherever you want to stay, you know, and see what they say. You might be surprised. You talked as well about uh, getting a bite to eat. You do not want to be stuck on the last Nightmare. available table. Nightmare. That was my absolute bet noir when I started travelling alone. Because first of all, you know, PJ, I would walk into the restaurant, be it in Italy or France or wherever it was, I'd walk in and the first thing you would see by whoever was the, the waiter or the, the, the maitre d' or whoever was meeting you at the door, they would actually be looking past me because they'd be looking to see where the other people who were dining with me were. And then when they realised it was just me 
Um, yeah, inevitably. I'd be shown to, you know, the tiny table that was levered in beside the toilet door or the table that was, it might be in November somewhere, you know, and you'd be shown, I'd be shown to the table that was beside the front door. Everybody was coming in and out and the wind was whistling past you. So initially, I think because I wasn't so used to traveling on my own, I was a bit reticent to complain. But, you know, you're in there and you're paying for your food. So you're entitled to service. And so now I just very politely, if that starts to happen where I'm being led across towards the in the direction of the the toilets, um, I just say if I spot another table that's empty somewhere. I mean, I wouldn't choose the best table in the room, obviously, Mm. you know, but if I see one that's in a more comfortable position, I just say, actually, I'd like to sit there, please. And I just walk in that direction Mm -hmm. and invariably. There's no problem. Assert yourself. You know? Assert yourself. Yeah, yeah, Is it yeah. safe? Like, where have you been on your own? And and have you well, ever felt unsafe? I've been in, well, I was in Istanbul a few weeks ago. Right. Um, and interestingly, quite a few people have... No, I've been in Istanbul before, so I know the city a bit. But I'd never been in Istanbul on my own before. Mm. I found it totally safe. Now, I'm a... I'm not a nervous traveller, PJ, but nor am I reckless. Um, And I think for people, and I know in this day and age, we shouldn't have to say this, you know, if you're a woman traveling alone, but sadly, Hmm. um, the case is that we do have to have to think in that way. I just think you need to be prepared. You just need to have a plan. Hmm. I mean, I would never arrive into anywhere late at night on my own, where I didn't know exactly how I was going to get from the airport to my hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be it have a taxi booked, have something organised, know exactly, you know, what the, the bus route is or whatever. I'd never just arrive in, you know, gaily and think, oh, here, sure, I'll be fine, I'll get there. So I think you just need to, you, didn't, you need to have a plan. Yeah. Um, and there are nowadays for women, I'm not a great one for, for segregation in any manner or means, but there are some hotels, quite a few hotels, now around the world where you can if you feel safer as a woman they have floors in their hotels that are categorized just for for females really um yeah 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 there are certain if you just do a google search you'll find some that have that and some women some women feel safer like that and that's fair enough um but yeah i think just have a plan know exactly what you're doing but in terms of safety no i've been istanbul was fine i've been in morocco fine just don't be stupid you know but I think nowadays, I mean, the, the numbers, I don't have the, the numbers off the top of my head, but certainly in the last decade, solo travel has gone like yeah. right up. Um, people are beginning to just do it much more, to, 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 to just embrace it. Um, in fact, I think there was a there was some kind of report recently done um, in the States by an overseas travel company in conjunction with a solo travel company. And they identified um, that last 68% of the people who responded to their survey were solo travellers. Wow. um, Which is a thing which was just published in Forbes magazine there in the States recently. It's definitely on the up, you know. So lastly, you said you were in Istanbul recently. What are your plans for 2024? Anywhere exciting coming up? Well, I'm going, I, I, a lot of people, readers of the, the Sunday Independent, that where I do a lot of travel writing nowadays and that, and over the years and other newspapers will know that I have an ongoing love affair with Venice right. um, for 30 years. So actually, uh, I'm going to spend quite a lot of time there this year, both, um, you know, 
exploring other parts of Europe from there because it's so easy um, by train. I was there for a few months earlier this year and, you know, I went to Ljubljana and I mean, I travel with my dog. So that's a whole other issue, the whole dog friendly travel. Yeah, my dog goes with me to to Italy. We're going now in a month's time again. So we go Dublin, Cherbourg with Irish ferries um, and then train to Paris, a night in Paris in a a dog friendly hotel and then um, on on to Venice. So I'm hoping to do that and I'm hoping, I mean, sadly my Istanbul trip was actually, I flew with Turkish Airlines direct from Dublin because they have a great service Um, and my original plan, PJ, had been to go on to Beirut um, and then stay there three nights. I'd always wanted to go to Beirut. That was Banjax, unfortunately. But I would love to get to get to Beirut at some stage. Yeah. Who knows? You know. I, I was there about twenty-five things. years ago, actually. Were you Rosalind. really? I was right. uh, with a group, and it is a gorgeous city. Yes. It's such a tragedy yes. that yeah. it's so That's damaged right. yeah, by war. It's a beautiful place. I know. Oh, well, the Middle East in general, I gorgeous. feel. Is, I, I love Jordan, and you know, I, I love that part of the world. Um, find it fascinating. Well, I, I wish. I wish. To say, even though, even though Beirut was Banjax this time, um, I had a glorious four days in Istanbul, um, exploring the old city, the new city, the Asian side, whatever. It was terrific. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm jealous. I have to say, and I wish. <laughs> I, I hope that you do get to see Beirut because it's a stunning, yes. stunning place. Rosalind, good talking yeah. to you, and thank you very much. Safe Thank travels. you for having me on, PJ. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye-bye, bye. Yeah, Rosalind D, travel writer with The Independent. And much as I love going away with the Queen Bee and the Umphala and Gemma when she comes with us or when she used to come with us and one day she'll come with us again. Um, I love going away with the family or with friends. But I'm so jealous of that. I'd love to do a solo. Even just go off for a long weekend somewhere on my own. On me, Dolly. I'd love to. Anyone done it? Anyone listening to me who's done it? Who's gone off on a holiday on their own just because they could? Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. What was it like for you? Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818 And makes a good point here with regard to the GAA and county board delegates who'll have the vote tonight on the whole super value thing and we'll be talking about it again tomorrow. But Anne says, PJ, when I was involved with my club, we had a meeting to discuss what was coming up at county board and our delegates voted as per our club decision. Hmm. Which begs the question, did the club's know about this before the rest of us and kept it quiet. That is interesting, Anne. I hadn't thought of that, Anne. Did the clubs know that this was coming? And did they not say nothing to nobody? Hmm. So our delegates going to the meeting tonight with a vote determined by their club that we knew nothing about. Hmm. Oh, and I like that question. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Love Island is back again. It is, yeah. Only this time, I think you might know some of the people in it because they've decided to call it the Love Island All Stars. They're bringing back old Love Islanders from previous series to try to give it a bit of a lift because. Listener figures, or viewer figures rather, are tumbling 
they're tumbling faster than last night's dinner down the down the shore. In 2022, they had a TV audience of 2.4 million per show. In 2018, they had 3.3 million. It's going down the pan. Is he show busy? Who knows about all these things? Is he can can they save it? Is it worth saving? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I don't know if they'll ever get the viewership they ever had. But I, I have to say, I did watch the All-Stars last night and I was hesitant. I was like, will this be any good now? But I think I think it's, it's going to be good. There's, there's tea there for us all. Do you know what I mean? We all love a little bit of gossip. And like the first episode saw one of the girls see her ex-boyfriend walk in. You know what I mean? There's going to be lots of that, I think, for the next few weeks anyway. Who's in it then? So you might remember, well, I don't know if you'll remember PJ, but there's a particular couple, um, it was Jake and Liberty, right? I remember and the names, on- put it that way. I see their pictures in the paper, yeah. Yeah, so they're one couple that were in the Winter Series and they're both in it now. But this might be a bit of an exclusive name for your show because it just was reported a few minutes ago. It looks like he's actually left the villa. So I don't know if he was struggling with the fact that um, the public coupled him up with his ex. So in last night's episode, you saw people that watched the show, they were able to vote who the Islanders were going to be paired up with. So they're all all stars, just to give a context if people haven't watched yet. It's all previous contestants from the British version of Love Island. So there's people from season one, season two, season three. Um and there is good characters in it. Um and Jake and Liberty were paired up together by the public vote don't know what's after happening but apparently now he's after leaving the show so I don't know if he just thought you know what I'm not going back in again just to be, like <laughs> up with my ex again you know I wanted to go at finding someone else you know so um, it'll be interesting though What's the attraction Izzy? I think we just like to see people put themselves out there and I think we all love falling in love with people falling in love on screen and sometimes in Love Island that does happen so I think there's that's one part of it but also people just are living for the drama do you know what I mean like if you if you statistically look at Love Island when Casa Amor kicks in which is when the girls or the guys leave halfway through the series mm. and they kind of go on a lad's holiday or a girl's holiday and people are like oh will they go off with someone else it's when it's when the uh, viewers spike because people want to see them recoupling, seeing if they've been faithful. Um, so there probably will be a lot of that. And there's the added element. Like there was another two that were entered as bombshells last night and that was Callum and Molly. And they were once a couple as well. I remember so, those names, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of that kind of um, happening. Happening. My favourite contestant, though, is this guy called Chris. I don't know if you remember him. He was the inventor of the salmon, which is like the way he used to like dive into the pool. He was really, really funny. He went out with R. Moore Higgins afterwards when he was outside the villa. Right. Which is probably she's not there, I think. No, no, she's seeing someone at the moment. But it's which is well, it's not terrible. Like you know, I'm happy for her. But I would have loved to have seen her on the All Stars version because, in fairness, now. When you think of Love Island, she's one of the top three yeah, contestants. Anyway, for me. What I was thinking, Izzy, was, yeah, is it all stars or is it also Renz? Mm, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, you know, even when they were putting the lineup together, I was like, okay, yeah. Like, but I suppose there's maybe what 
10 or 12 of them in the house at the moment. So not everyone is going to be a massive character. You know what I mean? Um, but I think we'll see more and more excellent Islanders come into the show as time goes on. Like the producers know what they're doing. So there, there will be more tea, do you know? Mm, it'll be interesting. Runs for how many weeks? I'm actually not sure. Sorry, I should have known that for you. Okay. But um, I think it's probably two or three weeks. That's what the All-Stars version normally is because they did this with Australia and everyone else before. So this is just the British version. Um, so I'm thinking three weeks, but uh, I'll check that for you. Uh, no problem. Izzy, show busy. Back uh, on Course 96 FM at the big drive home at four o'clock today, bringing us up to speed on Love Island All-Stars. Or as I was reading it in the paper this morning and looking at the... Love Island also runs, if you ask me. But then I'm just being, I'm <clears throat> just being mischievous. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Just a couple of things on spiking. Hey PJ, gone are the days when you could leave your bag and your pint up on the bar in Chandra's or De Lacy's and go to the toilet. No one touched, stole, or spiked them. Happy days, says Anne. And you're and you're right indeed. Uh, in a pub I bring my drink to the toilet or drink it fully before I go as you can't trust anyone these days says Anthony but then John we covered this during the morning with uh, Georgina telling us her own experience there is a social media thread a couple of them going around at the moment about what's described as a notorious spiker going around Cork Uh, find it yourself I'm not going to direct you towards it but find it yourself but then John says where is the proof of people being spiked? The Gardaí and the HSE have no record of people being spiked. If you know people who are doing it, you should name them. Well, John, the Gardaí do have records of people being spiked because people have gone and made complaints. And uh, Mary Quilly and her team at the Sexual Violence Centre have a list as long as your arm of people who have been spiked. On the ice and the weather and the frost... Uh, PJ Ducock City Council intend to drop skip bags of salt on Northside estates like they did to selected Southside estates. John, I don't know. All I know is, all I know is, I got a knock on my door yesterday afternoon to tell me that there was a mini skip of salt and it was very, very handy. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Candice, locking your car keys in your boot once is bad enough, twice is a nightmare. Who came to your rescue? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, so a lovely gentleman by the name of David Mulligan came to my rescue. Um, not once, but twice. What, um, what happened? So, Where were you? Um, so the first time I was actually at home, believe it or not, getting things out the car. And then I decided to very cleverly put my keys down and then close the boot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I posted on our local um, notice board if there was anyone that could help. And the first person that popped up was David. You're in Inishannon, um, yeah. yeah? Yeah, I'm in Inishannon, yeah. So he popped up and he helped. Uh, he said that he would help out. But luckily I was able to get the boots, the keys out the boot. And believe it or not, two weeks later, very clever me, did the exact same thing outside Aldi. And I sat there in the cold with two kids. So I was quite, in quite a panic. And the first person I thought of is, oh my gosh, let me... Sorry, Candice, was the car open at the time? So could you sit in? No, it was completely locked. So you stand there in the cold? Yeah, so I put my groceries in the boot and again put the keys down and locked them in the boot. And it was cold, it was bitterly cold that day. 
So I, I, I thought, uh, let me just give it a go. Let me message this guy that I don't know from a bar of soap, doesn't know me, and see if he'd come out and help me. And true as Bob, he did. Literally. 25 how, how minutes does he later, do he was it? right there. How does he do it? Um, so he has like this blow up device that he puts into the door and like blows up the door and then wingles like this, like a, a wire type of thing, locks open the car, the door, and then I climb through the boots, through the chairs, to the boots and grab my keys. And he was in and out. It was three minutes top. He was fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I suggest, Candice, that you probably should get yourself a... A spare key. And wrap it around my neck, yeah. Or perhaps keep it in your handbag or your purse. Or, yeah, put it on the chain around your <laughs> neck, would we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was amazing. And I think what, what really shocked me is he didn't hang around for a thank you or can I pay you. He was just, he was, he helped and he left. And it was... It was so chivalrous, I couldn't believe it. So David was, David Mulligan is this knight in shining armor's name. Absolutely. Best guy, best guy ever. If you ever see him in a pub, buy him a pint. Where is your lovely accent from, Candice? Um, I'm from sunny South Africa. And how long have you been here? Um, I've been here two years. All right. Well, delighted to have you in our community. And well done to David Mulligan for coming to your rescue. Not once but twice. Get yourself another key, get yourself a chain, and stick it around your neck. Absolutely. Thanks, PJ. <laughs> See you, Candice. Thank you. 0818969696. I went to Paris when I was 20, says Rebecca. I was working two jobs and going to college, so the time off was rare. I ended up having a few days off from my jobs. I went to Paris. It was amazing. I went to all the galleries at my leisure, drank wine on the Champs-Élysées, stuffed myself with pastry. It was amazing. Would highly recommend solo travel. Would love to do it again. If anybody else has a story like that, then I'd love to hear it from you. Uh, Christine says, Love Island is on for five weeks and there's no Casa Amor in this season. Okay, thanks for that. The, 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 the Love Island also runs, I would call it, rather than the Ulster. Because it's no fun without Mara or Ekin. Is it Ekin Sue? Or someone? There's no fun without the stars. It's the also runs. All right. Say no more, PJ. You get yourself into trouble. Pogue program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All of you podcasts up as soon as we can. Back in the morning with the news on Super Value and Parky Cueve just after nine. Listen to Cork's 96 FM while you work. While you work. Wherever you go. Click listen live at 96fm.ie.